Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for undisputed time to talk Super Bowl fallout with Richard Sherman and Keyshawn Johnson. Morning, gentlemen. What's happening, Skippy? Pretty good. You guys have been making a lot of noise before this show starts. I hope we're about to hear it now, right? <laughs> we definitely yeah. are. Okay, all right, here we go. USA Today's Jared Bell is one of the most respected NFL columnists, a man I've worked with um, going way back in the day, a man I've known for 42 years, a journalist, not known for overreaction. So I took these words to heart and to the bank when I read them this morning from Jared Bell, who wrote, imagine what the reaction would have been if Terrell Owens had screamed into the face and bumped his coach during a heat of the moment tantrum in the middle of the Super Bowl, or Antonio Brown, or A.J. Brown, or Tyreek Hill. Jarrett continued to write, I'm guessing the reaction would have been much different if a high-profile, supercharged, and competitive black player unloaded on his coach with the same tacky irreverence that Travis Kelsey demonstrated with his blow up on Andy Reid in Super Bowl 58. Instead, Jared Bell wrote, after Kansas City, of course, won a second straight Super Bowl, Kelsey was able to laugh off the incident, and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were able to dismiss it as just competitive fire. So, Richard, please, you first. Does Jarrett Bell have a point? I mean, yeah, you got a point. You're a black man in America. It's, it's, it's been like that since uh, for a long time, but... At the end of the day, in this situation, they won the ball game. That's why it's yeah. not a big deal. That's why it's not going to get blown up the way everybody would expect it to any other time. If they lost this game, we'd be sitting there saying that was the reason, that was the breaking point. Hey, this may be the end of the dynasty. That's when the things start crumbling right there. The pressure got to be too much. Was it, was it the Taylor Swift effect? We'd be talking about all that. They won the game. So that's why they get to downplay it. They get to say it wasn't that big a deal. Andy Reid's going to downplay it. But you're right. If it was A.J. Brown, if it was if it was A.B., if it was T.O. Back, back in the day, I mean, we'd be talking about that being a storyline of his career, of his legacy, of, of who Agreed. he is. A hundred percent, this situation is different. I mean, we talked about C.D. Lamb and Dak when, when all C.D. Lamb did was just walk away. He nodded his head and then walked away and sat on the sideline, didn't say anything. We still talked about how he was on the sideline and, and his actions and, and was he was he Remember, Mike McCarthy that? felt like he needed to go over and sort of talk, talk him, him back up, you know, right. like like, yeah. And 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 this situation, this guy, Travis went and said whatever he said to Andy, bumped him and did all that. And we're going to downplay it because they won the game. So, I mean, Jared has a point. 
But at the end of the day, they won the game, so that's how it goes. Okay, but will it resonate? Uh, in fact, you said something to me during a break yesterday, I believe. Like, will some kid somewhere say, uh, I can I can do that to my coach? Because I saw Travis Kelsey do it. That's just how you react? Is that how you? That, that, that was that was key. That, that, that he, he was trying to teach the kid. That wasn't you? That, that, no, it must have been Michael. It wasn't me. Because yep. I, I, I promise you it wasn't me. No. Because... Badass kids gonna do what they do anyway. All right. I mean, that's just the reality of it yeah. in sports. I I deal with youth sports. You do. Trust me. You do. Skip. Yes. They gonna do it anyway. Right. Jared Bell. I don't know if you know him, Richard, at all, but Jared Bell is a hundred percent accurate. Mm-hmm. Is a hundred percent accurate. Do, have you dealt with Jared? Oh my God! It's like one of my closest. Good. Yeah, one of my closest. Good journalist hear. buddies. Yeah. Um, but everybody plays at a, it, the rules are different for everybody. No question. They're just different for everybody, right? And what I mean by that, and I'm not talking about Kelsey being white and these other guys being black. They're different from every, they're different for everybody. And what I mean by that is the people in the booth who's calling the game, they're the mm-hmm. ones who start from the top to the bottom that bring the attention. That is true. If they drive it home. I like Joe Buck, Minnesota Vikings, Randy Moss, Moss, Green Bay Packers. He drove it home. You may not remember this because you was in high school or so at the time. He drove the mooning home it, it was to, a point, yeah. mm-hmm. to a point mm-hmm. where it's probably one of his darkest moments in his uh, illustrious so, broadcasting career. Am I right or wrong, Skip? And yep. he's, he, he has it became one of, to that. Because of that, it became one of Randy's darkest it moments. It became yes. one of Randy's yes. darkest moments because he drives it home. Yeah. Right. They, been, they did not drive it. Uh, Jim and Tony did not drive they this did home. Not. No. They did not. Mm-hmm. So whenever you see the people upstairs calling the games, they drive those things home. I know because I've lived on it on the other end of it. You have. They didn't drive it home with me. Mm-hmm. They would just say, hey, He's a fiery player. This is what they like about him. His intensity, his this, he's that. Whether it was in Tampa Bay with John Gruden on a Monday night, this is who Keyshawn is. He's just mad right now, but this is the best of him. Whether it was me and Coach Parcells getting into it after I got a 15-yard penalty for protecting my teammate, Skip, when somebody dove on top of him, I ran over and, you know, just moved him along slightly with my leg. But I took points off the board. And Coach Parcells and I, we went back and forth in a shouting match. But they didn't drive it home. They didn't turn me into the bad the, the guy. The media didn't. The media okay, didn't turn me into the bad guy. But when it comes to guys like T.O. Yep. and Antonio Brown, and so not necessarily A.J. Brown because they'll just say A.J. Brown is asking for the football. But Antonio Brown and T.O., for whatever reason, they have a bad history with the media. And because of that, things that they do, even though T.O. ain't never done nothing, off the field, no. they still drive it home as if he is just this cancer of a guy. But I, I've seen it done. I mean, it got done to me a few games where, you know, I was pissed at, at Pete and, and those guys. They had done something. I think they, they – it was one of those moments where he threw the ball from the goal line again and it almost got picked again. Wasn't my fault. And <laughs> it, it, it was like a Monday it, night It was game. like a Monday it, night game. And it I was. said, I said yeah. what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? You thought that we just dealt with this. Like, don't do this like this. We we went and in they game. probably drove it home from and upstairs. They, and they and they drive it home. But but that's the thing. You just don't see it. And to Jared's point, you just don't see them doing that to white players. Black players, they do it all the time. 
and you're like, you're like, man, he's just like you, this level of frustration. This is detrimental. This is yada, yada, also, yada. But you do hear them say, man, that's just cons- competitive spirit in this. It situation. depends on who you're talking about. It's, it's, but it, it depends on who you're talking about, Richard. Because if it's Bill Romanowski, they was gonna call him a dirty player. They were going to do that because he was so dirty. You couldn't avoid going at him when you're calling games. You just couldn't. You just. Couldn't. Uh, I, I mean, all he did on Monday Night Football was spit in the face it, uh, of JJ, JJ Stokes. Stokes. Yeah. Yes. So you couldn't give him a pass. Kelsey is a different. As I said yesterday, there's a relationship that's there with the head coach. He's a likable guy, Skip. He's dating the pop superstar of the world. Of the world. So it's a different. It's just yeah. different rules. For everybody. Right. And that's that. But that's to, to his point. It just would be different rules if it was a different situation, different scenario. Even the Rashi Rice incident where Rashi Rice kind of kind of came at Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't after, catch it. I didn't after either. he went to Travis Kelsey, he went to Travis Kelsey being guarded by Fred Warner. Rashi Rice was wide open. in the Oh, oh it was what the a, last play <laughs> of regulation when he tried to go for the touchdown. When he tried to go yeah. for the touchdown. Yeah. Rashi Rice was wide open over the middle of the field in a sit route. Would have caught it, scored a touchdown, ended the game. And him and Patrick Mahomes had a moment. And they were like, hey, you know, like he has no business talking to his quarterback like that. He was hot. He was hot. Like, hey, bro, throw me the ball when we, this game is over with already. And they, they handled it a lot differently. I don't know how you missed that one. I'm, I don't, yeah. I, I'm probably, <coughs> he's, he's, who knows? Rashi Rice is a rookie playing in his Super Bowl. You right. know, like, man, you got to know again, where the boundaries are. But right? again, it comes from upstairs, though. Right, that's what I mean. So when it comes from upstairs, Skip, down to you, people focus in on it. And they make it, if they didn't say anything about Rasheed Rice going at Patrick Mahomes, you would never even paid attention to it. But right. that's, that's on them, as far as I'm concerned. But that's, that's how the story is told. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and any great announcer, their, their main job is to add context to the story, add context to the game, not take over the game, not be the storyline yeah. of the game, but just add story. But they control the narrative. So if somebody goes, they can say, if they of say course. Travis Kelsey is, con- oh, of course. is competitive, that's what you it is. You know how they go. That's what, that's what Jared's saying. Okay. So I believe in every word that he wrote. Yes. You know him and I yes. know him. And he's not prone to, to going over the top with things. This, this was from his heart. Yeah. And, and it was 1,000% correct. And as a... As a journalist, I was a little ashamed that more didn't get made of it during and right after the game. But to Richard's point, to the victor go the spoils. And and once you win the Super Bowl and once you've won back to back, it's just hard to to go back in there and fixate on a a moment that ended up not mattering. But just to me as as a sports fan, as a lover of sports, it still galls me that, that he got away with it because I didn't like it. I know you said, well, it's just the heat of the moment, and you've been through it because you were relating. You, you know how you felt oh, yeah. numerous times, and it's hard to control and contain yourself in the emotion of those moments. But I thought it displayed a sense of empowerment and entitlement in Travis Kelsey, who was the central figure all week long because of her. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about how this was the most watched television show in the history of television. And that's in part because of her and their relationship. And 
it felt to me like Travis Kelsey was screaming in the face of a, a man who got in his way. Don't you get in my way again. Don't how how dare you take me out of the football game because he wasn't in on the play upon which Isaiah Pacheco fumbled after Mahomes had hit the 52 yard pass that gave him whatever it was first and goal at the nine. But Next play fumble. I don't know why Travis Kelsey wasn't in the, the game. I guess they decided they could put a better blocking tight end for that sweep left or that play. You know, Different personnel right? group, yeah. probably. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for him, it, it was such an ugly episode in what was such a great day and game and halftime show. It was, all, it was just great. Mm -hmm. I, I loved every minute of it down to the last drop and the last pass to Nicole Hardman. But that sticks in my craw and in my psyche as a very ugly Super Bowl moment that felt, if, because when you look into Travis Kelsey's face, he has lost it. He is completely over the top, out of control. And he did bump into Andy and knock him off balance. <laughs> and here's the difference. You used to get into it with Bill Parcells and John Gruden, in part because they started it. You know, they would say something to you and, and you're like, I'm not gonna take that from you. I know John Gruden. I covered John Gruden. I watched John Gruden one day after practice get into it with the great Al Davis. And I looked, yeah, I, I, I know and I, I knew and loved Al Davis. But they got into it in a screaming match, the likes of which I have never seen between an owner and a coach. Out in front of everybody on the practice field, it was as ugly as it gets, but it wasn't on television. Mm -hmm. So my point is, John Gruden was an instigator. John Gruden loved to push buttons and he was pushing Al Davis's button and Al was pushing back. Right. And he would push your button and you would really push back, but it's it's usually because he started it. You, you know what I mean? I he would say something no, to you. Andy was was an innocent bystander in this one. He just, he's trying to look at his call sheet and got blindsided and nearly, because he wasn't expecting, he nearly lost his balance and tumped over. Right. So to me, I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like this. Well, you know, Skip, I look at it as Travis Kelsey is just in the, in the moment. It's the moment. They just fumbled. He's not on the field. I don't know exactly what he was saying to the coach. You know, I don't know. He didn't shove him. No. You know, he bumped into him like to get his attention. As as you said, Andy's looking at the play call sheet <laughs> and he bumps him. So I, I, I don't, I, I, disagree. I don't know. I, I, I love Travis. Travis is a fantastic human being, great player. He's a good friend. But at the end of the day, I've been there. I've been there where you I've have. lost my mind on the sideline. They they're, they're, they gave no passes. They gave no passes. They I understand won the game. that. It, it, but that's what that's what Jared is saying is that there's a pass here. We won the game, all that. After the game, they were still like, this sideline tirade by Richard Sherman, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> and it's like, you go on to win the game. But it's tr it's treated differently. That was a tirade. It, it, that was it, a situation. It is treated differently, Where Richard. it wasn't even like it was a pass play. So it I wasn't understand. even like, hey, they would have maybe targeted him on that play. Which, it was a run play. He's frustrated. You're just, you get to be frustrated. But if you... The only reason Andy didn't fall was because Travis held him up. He bumped him and then held him up. True. And then and then went on about, you know, his, his deal. If he wouldn't have held him up, he definitely would have failed because he wasn't expecting it at all. And I don't even know if he was in charge of the decision you're mad about. Usually your position coaches are running through, hey, it's, it's, it's G personnel, or they think you need a break, or run him, run him out. Hey, hey, go get him. Go get him real quick. And so I don't even know if he's right at the, mad at the right person, 
But it just was one of those situations. If they lost this game, that moment would well, be yeah. a huge oh, yeah. But they, they, they didn't lose the game. They won it. So, it, But it was not – Jim Nance and Tony Romo didn't emphasize it. They didn't put a lot of yeast on not. it to, to make it bigger than what it was. There's no, no question that Jared Bell, if this was some of the other skill position black players, that they probably would have leaned into it a little bit more. It, it, that's just – that's how – the television broadcasting teams do it, man. That's the reality of it. I've seen it. I've lived it. I've witnessed it myself. That's what they do. Now, to your point, she's in the box. The last thing that CBS would want to do is embarrass the National Football League by bringing more attention to something so egregious to people's eyes. Right. They don't, like, let's not do that. And that's, that's, that's a lot of Jared's point that we're talking about. I get it. That, that doesn't make it right. That, that, oh, that makes no one it said it's right. A, a executive decision by the NFL, by CBS, a money decision where we're saying, hey, this is our st- storyline. This is our baby. This is our bread and butter. We're not going <laughs> to sully this story yeah. by, by, by making a big deal of yeah. something that is actually a big deal in this, in this game. Well, it's just like anything, Skip. You've been covering this thing for yeah. a very long time, and you've seen the evolution of television and, and everything and how they call games. And we always joke about the white players, a sneaky, smart guy. They use those <laughs> words, you know, oh, he's, he's fast, he's first one in, last one out the building, he's yeah, sneaky, yeah, fast, yeah, blue yeah. Collar, I mean, blue-collar, hard right. worker. Mm-hmm. That's, I got you. that's the narrative. That's what they do. Okay. I mean, you know, Look, what are you going to do? Let's be honest. You know Travis. I, I don't know if you know Yeah, him, I know Travis I very know. well. Okay. He has not been a choir boy in, in his past. No. At Cincinnati, he got suspended for a whole year. He had multiple. It was just marijuana positives. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But he got suspended for a year. And he's had little issues. He's had little issues that became almost big issues with Andy. He threw his helmet, you know, fired his helmet down against the Raiders. And Andy didn't like it because Andy told the equipment guy to take his helmet and keep it for a while. He kept him out of the game for maybe a quarter or so. And he went over to Travis. And it looked to me like during that Raiders game, he, he even gave Travis a little bit of shove. Like, like he's trying to wake him back up. Like, you, you, you're, you've lost it. You're out of control. I'm, you need to calm back down before I put you back in the football game. And it was maybe a quarter where he, quote, unquote, got benched. Remember back in training camp, Travis lost it during a practice and punched one of his teammates. I don't even know which teammate it was, but it had... Somebody that probably deserved to be punched. Maybe, but do you remember the Roman... Uh, hey, what? do you remember the Romanowski incident? Oh, yeah, with, with the Raiders when he uh, hit the... Goop, was broke the guy's name? eye socket. He hit him right in the eye socket. Yeah. Cr- Marcus Williams, is that his I don't name? remember the name. I, I, I may be wrong with the name. Broke his whole face. But, but, but just... Damn. Hey. Yeah, he hey. would have to see me. Hey. Yeah. Until the end of time. To the end like, of time. Like, I'm pulling up to your job at 63. Yeah. Hey, yeah, brother, there you go. remember that one time? Yeah. We got to handle this. Yeah, we got to handle this. <laughs> okay, so the point is he has some history here, and none of that gets taken into account off this incident. So it's ironic to me and very fitting that I'm talking to you two because in weird ways, you, you did get a, a, a reasonable and right pass because – I think the generally white media viewed you as an extremely passionate football player. Yeah, that's what I said. They, they, they treated me and, differently. And they knew 
that you competed your tail off. Like you, you blocked, you, you, yeah, did did everything. Everything. you did everything asked of you. Yeah. And so it's not that they gave you a pass, they just kept it in the correct context. Yeah, absolutely, of who you 100%. Were. And that's okay. what I said earlier. I'm like, everybody gets treated differently. Right. They didn't look at me and say, Keyshawn is acting this way because he's selfish, he's this, he's that. They used the words as passionate. They did. Competitive. Nobody ever said Things selfish that. about no, you. I no. never heard it. Never that sort ne of stuff. Never diva, never look at me, 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 me. There, there was none of that directed at you. You were also treated a little differently because, uh, if I can speak for the white media, we knew you were really smart and really knew how to play football, and, and you were also extremely competitive to the point of over-emotional competitive. So when, when you would lose it at Pete Carroll, I still think nobody completely condemned it because they always knew you were right. See, about he went to Sac State, right? He wouldn't have used the word smart. Yeah. <laughs> he went to Stanford. Okay. Well, Vanderbilt, Stanford, we're, 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 we have a, a connection here, right? Yeah. He went to that one uh, school, yeah. the private school. That little school. Yeah. We run the entire state. Yeah. In, in what really? way? Everything. I huh. can tell you, I can tell you some executives that would say otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, they went to my school. No. And those, ex <laughs> and those executives work for the people that own the buildings that went to my school. So let's not get started. I don't think so. I think it might be the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, a couple nerds at Stanford. Okay. Big deal. Nerd nation. Okay, but but even you were put to me in a different context that was a reasonable context where yes, you you, you did become a story and. Win, lose, or draw, you, you were a story, but I never felt condemnation about it. And in this case with Travis, I, I felt like he got a complete pass from most people because it just came and went because he rose and shone in the second. He caught eight yeah, balls for 92 so yards. They well, what so are you going to say? Right? everything. Skip, okay. they won. Okay, but did it erase everything? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it it did. technically, yeah. Yeah, it did. When he, when they, he does that, they, Exactly. They, they called me a full thug after after an NFC championship game. That one time I did that interview, they called me a full thug after that. Well, you was an outrage. You I, were I, screaming I, I was, at that poor lady. I was telling, poor lady. Aaron was great. I gave her a hug you before. You were that's screaming my, at that's her. That's a great friend of mine. And she, and, she hung right in. Yeah, she's, she a, she's, she's a champ. Yeah. But, but I think it winning, as you said, cures everything. It erases everything. It, it makes it a laughable storyline. They get to joke about it. They get to yeah. laugh about it. If, if it doesn't, then... In that same situation, after a loss, they're asking him about that tirade over and over, no, over and, and over. And over and I guarantee no you question. the response is going to be totally different. So he was able to tell the media, I was just telling Andy how much I loved him. Okay. That's and it. ha, 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 next, right? That's what winning does. I See, I think they just got a good relationship, too, though. I do. And they do. And I, and I buy that. Yeah. I do buy that. He realized yeah. he wouldn't be who he is without Andy Reid. Okay, and Andy realized at that moment, that flashpoint moment, I ain't winning the Super Bowl without him, so I think I'm going to just look the other way and let's go on to the next play. And that's, that's, that's wisdom from an age and wisdom from Andy. Hey, I'm not going to react emotional. He, he, he just losing his mind a little bit right now. He'll be back <laughs> later. He'll be all right. And he came back. Okay, up next, speaking of the Super Bowl, wait a second. Kyle Shanahan and some of his players didn't know the new playoff overtime rules? Seriously? You don't want to listen to me. I tried to tell you that yesterday. Baby. No hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. 
formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Kyle Shanahan indicated in a remark to CBS following that Super Bowl that he didn't know the new overtime rules, which calls into question his decision to take the ball first in overtime. Here's exactly what Shanahan said to CBS after that game. Love to score a touchdown there at the end, not get Pat another chance. Had our opportunity to get him off the field on fourth down. We didn't. Um, Pat's done that a bunch. Uh, he does it almost all the time. So uh, it was a hard battle, hard, hard fought game. Um, went a lot like we thought it would go. Had our chances there and didn't get it done. Also, several of Kyle's players said they weren't aware of the rules. So, Keyshawn, do you believe Kyle didn't know the overtime rules? And if he didn't, how bad a look is this for Kyle Shanahan? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give him the benefit of the doubt because... You were skeptical yesterday. Yeah, yes. yeah, I was skeptical yes. yesterday, but it wasn't about Kyle not knowing, but now it's about Kyle not knowing. Mm -hmm. I was skeptical about his communication with his players that they would get every attention to detail available to them in situational football, you name it. They're, suppo they're supposed to know everything like a coach. When you're on the field, you're supposed to know everything. I'm supposed to think like you, Skip, period. Every single coach that I ever played for, I can think the next move what they think it, because it's been buried in my head on a consistent basis. That's why people always say, well, you think just like Belichick, you think just like Parcells, you think just like Dungey, because it's been drilled in me so do. much. <laughs> well, I, I, I probably do, but it's been drilled in me yeah. so much yeah. to a point where I can't forget. Now, if he did not know, the overtime rules as a head coach, as the CEO of the football team, especially in the Super Bowl, I'm not saying fire him. That's a fireable offense, though. Mm. How could you not, as the head coach mm -hmm. of a Super Bowl team, not know the rules? Because Andy Reid, all his players say, hey, man, we go over this all the time. We go over this all the time. So that tells me mm -hmm. that Andy Reid is telling his players yep. – 
constantly. This is the deal. This is the deal. Now, here's what I would say. If you listen to the clip again, yeah. it sounded like he was kind of just talking and because and, he caught himself when he was like, well, you he know. Had a chance on fourth and one. Yeah, had yeah. a chance on fourth and one. So, okay, so I, that, I'm going to try to give him the benefit of the doubt because right. I, I, I would hope that, come on, man, I would hope that he knows the rules. Okay, so the money line before you go was, I mean, love to score a touchdown there at the end yeah. and not give Pat another chance. Yeah. Okay, right. that's the line in question. Okay. What, 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 what I would, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. One of the smartest coaches in the National Football League. I would say I've never practiced overtime rules. I, and I've also never not ha had a problem with understanding them because it's simple rules. They just changed it in 2022 after Mahomes and Josh Allen. That was a big deal. It's the storyline of, <clears throat> of the summer. Competition committee went in, changed the rule, but changed it only for the playoffs. So it's only changed for the playoffs. But, again, it's a simple rule. It's not a hard rule. It's not something where you're like, oh, man, this is like, like it's not like a, an obscure, obscure rule like the, the free kick rule. Like if you fair catch the football, you get a free kick, and you can, if it goes through the uprights, it's three points. Like I wouldn't know that rule, and if I saw it, I'd be like, what, what just happened? But this for the players, for the players to say, I don't know the rule, it needs to be veteran players, that's hard. That's tough for me to believe because I don't... I don't they said it, though, Richard. I know, I know. But I'm saying that's, that's not on the coach. Like, if I'm in football and I'm telling you I don't know the rules to the game and I've been in the game 10 years, 11 years, and I'm telling you, <clears throat> hey, I don't really know how that goes, that's on you. That's on a player because you've been in this game too dang long for you to sit here and tell me, I don't know the rules to the game I'm playing that I love so much. And the first time I learned about it, they literally have a rules meeting beginning of every year in training camp where they explain all the rules, any new rules that have just changed and any reminders yeah. for new rules that have been tweaked. You know, hey, we got a point of emphasis. It's going to be horse collar or it's going to be pass interference or it's going to be be holding on the offensive line. Those are going to be our points of emphasis this preseason. Hey, the playoff rule is changing for overtime. It's going to change in this way. Each team, if you score, if the first team scores seven, then the other team gets a chance to score a touchdown. Yeah. That rule is changing this year. They are clear and concise, and they explain to every single team. And throughout the year, they send reminders. And they send reminders. And so for me to hear that from veteran players is, is concerning because, like, that's, like, that's on you. That's on you. Like, and, and, and people saying... I like is, Kyle, too. I like Kyle, too. But, but, but I'm... I'm, I'm I, look, if, 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 what's on Kyle is on Kyle. But I'm not going to sit here and say an 11-year vet not knowing the overtime rule is on Kyle Shanahan. I've never practiced an overtime rule. I, know, I knew the rules. I never, we never practiced it. We never went over the scenario. Hey, if we go into overtime, it's this. When we, well, we went rules overtime, a lot. It, it, it was, it was based... This rule's been in place two years. Right. Our rule is simple. We get the football first, kick it, go down, we win, it's over. No, that was, no, that was it basically, wasn't. No, it wasn't. You, you kick mean? a field goal, it wasn't over any time. You kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to respond. No, you I'm, saying, score a touchdown. I'm saying when you, when you were day. playing. When I was playing, that wasn't yeah, but, but they changed it. But when I was playing in overtime, you get it, you score, you go home. You score then they changed it. No, you kick a field goal, too. It, it, you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to respond. It's been that way for a very long time. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this rule is nothing new. Now, if them kicking a field goal, that rule is the same as the old rule. They kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to respond. If they score a touchdown, the other team doesn't. 
That was the yes, rule. but this is the third time the rule's been changed. No, it, no it, the second time it's been changed, actually. Yeah. Second time it's been changed, Richard. When I first came into the league, you kick a field goal, you go home. Whoever scores, it's over. Game over. Then they changed it later on in our career to what you're saying, get an opportunity to go back and forward. Donovan McNabb, back, I don't know how long ago it was, he didn't know the overtime. I remember. Remember? Yeah. He didn't know. Right. So yeah. my whole point about this is, just because they tell you at the start of the season all the rules when they come in and sit down, that's 25 weeks ago. Them dudes done been through a lot. All I'm saying from a Kyle Shanahan standpoint is it, it would be nice to go over some things from a situational standpoint like a lot of my coaches did. Hey, if this happens, down, down, down. You catch the football, down, they're going to stop the clock. We can hurry up, field goal, boom. What's Opposed your Belichick to, story when he was the coordinator and you're, you're playing the, the pre Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. No. I'm in the one-minute defense. Yeah. We probably went over. It's man, like we the Hail going, Mary defense. We was going yeah. over plays when Coach Coughlin was at Boston College. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. He had me in there, and they number three formations they can run. And I'm like, Bill, they only going to run. And he didn't care. Right. We was sitting there breaking it down. If he's two yards outside here, here's what's going to happen. I'm like, I wind up getting an interception because of it, but it's attention to detail is all I'm saying. Right, and that's, <clears throat> that's perfectly fine. I, I have more of a problem with the players saying they don't know the rules, but then people saying, well, is that, like him taking the ball was a mistake. That defense had been on the field all day. They had just dealt with an 11-play drive. 11-play drive minutes ago, moments ago. I, if I'm a coach, I'm saying, hey, I got to give them some legs. I got to give them a break and let them get their legs back so they'll have the best chance to be competitive, to get a stop, and then I'm going to give my offense a chance to get back on the field, get in rhythm. Which is all great, but Kyle should have said that after the game in his explanation right. for why he did not defer. Right. Right? Okay. I don't know Kyle, but I definitely know his daddy. Mm -hmm. And his father, Mike, is involved in preparation for games, goes over a lot of tape for him, has a lot of suggestions for him. And back in his day, Mike Shanahan left no stone unturned. He was as shrewd an operator as ever came down the NFL pike. When you have two weeks to prepare for a Super Bowl, it's incomprehensible to me that Kyle Shanahan wouldn't carefully go over strategy, overtime strategy. There's nothing you can practice about. This is a coaching point. Yeah. <laughs> this is all what, what are we as a staff going to do in case of X, Y, or Z mm -hmm. in overtime? Mm -hmm. And to me, to, if I can first step back from it, I got no problem with taking the football in overtime because this is just me. I don't care what the analytics say. If, if you take the football and you go right down the field and score it and, and you're up seven in overtime, I'll take that every freaking time. Right. Like, I, I don't care about, oh, well, then they know what they have to do. Yeah, yeah, you just took the ball right down their throat. They know they have to match your seven, right. and that's hard to do in overtime of a Super Bowl. So I would have liked to seen Patrick have to match seven because he might not have been able to. Right. It's a whole different dynamic. So I'm, I'm cool with that. But Andy did not help Kyle's case after the game, Andy Reid, because he didn't mean to, but he kind of, between the lines, indicted him because he said, look, Kyle's brilliant, but our analytics told us that we defer if we win the toss in overtime. Okay, well, so he's saying, whoa, wait a second, what are Kyle's analytics telling him? Well, I assume all the NFL analytics would say 
defer. But, how because, could, but, but, but Skip, how yeah. could anybody's analytics say anything because it's never happened before? <laughs> I right. don't know. So, it'd just be from overtimes during the regular season, right. whatever it... <clears> yeah, know, but those it, this is a Super Bowl, so I would yeah. think that the analytics would be different for the Super Bowl I don't versus know. a regular season or a regular playoff right. game. I, I, I don't like analytics because it's not putting into factoring in. Patrick Mahomes is in rhythm right now. Patrick Mahomes just had a Third, what, 11-play drive, mm-hmm. yeah. coming off fourth quarter, you putting him right back on the field, hey, go drive down again. I know yeah. y'all, your offense has a rhythm. You have a cadence. You're in yeah, a, but if a you good... stop him, though, yeah. and he gets three, it, you already know I got to get seven or I got to get three to right. tie it. But it, more than likely, you're not stopping him. More than likely, a quarterback in rhythm like he was, getting out of the fourth quarter, your defense is dead tired, your D-line is dead tired, your D-line has been hot the whole day, is dead tired. They're exhausted. So they're not going to be putting pressure on him like they have the whole game. These yep. linebackers aren't going to be flying around like they have the whole game. So you're, you're, you're not going to have the advantage that people think. Hindsight is 20-20. I understand that. Yeah. But people saying, oh, well, you know, if, if they would have went down and scored and they were really close to doing it, if they don't mm-hmm. leave Chris Jones unblocked, then they go down and score. And people are sitting there like, great decision, taking the ball. Like, win no, against no the question odds. about it. But throughout the course of the game and throughout the course of other games, Kyle Shanahan's decision-making has always been in question. I don't care how smart he is, how the great of an in-game coach and design plays, that has always been a question mm-hmm. on his in-game decisions. Because if it was Mike McCarthy, oh, Lord. see, all I, I said I was Mike just, McCarthy, and he, I, I, his eyes him. almost got stuck he, in the back of his head. He would have been fired. <laughs> he, He'd be you, gone. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Okay. Oh, he didn't use the red flag. Or he mm-hmm. didn't call a timeout. Yeah. He went to the locker room with timeouts. You got to have the same yeah, I would for everybody, I would man. say that if, if they just got went on that first drive and got stopped at, at the 50, punted it, he drove down the field and scored, and you're like, why don't they take the ball first? They drove down right down the but, field. But let me ask you this question. Could it be mm-hmm. that maybe some things didn't – maybe some things that went on at the, in that overtime didn't get communicated to the offensive line a certain way? Could it be that? Maybe it ain't just the, the kid, overtime the, rule. Maybe the kid, the kid who's not the starter, yeah, Spencer Buford, yeah. said on his on his social media that he just made a mistake. He should have fanned out to Chris Jones mm-hmm. and left the backer free. Okay. So it was just a brain fart on his part. Okay. That's simple. But could it be some things along the way throughout the course of the game that maybe Kyle wasn't communicating to his team? You know, you you gotta. You got to look at everything. It ain't just one thing that cost them this game. hundred percent. It ain't just that one thing in overtime. I'm just saying in overtime with the, we're, we're talking about this decision-making, that was the factor that probably ended that drive and made it three instead of seven because there were two wide open guys. There was Brandon Ayuk in the back of the end zone and there was right there Jawan Jennings right to his right. Yeah, his if he, he for sure could have hit Jennings. And yeah. so, by the way, to your point, they had driven 66 <laughs> yards and 13 plays. That's a lot of plays. And they got it all the way to third and four at the nine. So you still even have a chance to make another first down. First down. And I don't know if Chris Jones lined up wider than he usually lines up. He may have because he's more DT, you know, defensive tackle. Right, but, you know, but he lined up a little wider, and I think it threw them a loop. Like, they, they weren't the, – the, they lost assignment. They, right. Somehow, but that's why nobody blocked Spencer him. Spencer Buford wasn't the starter. Feliciano yeah. was the starter. He got hurt earlier in the game, so Spencer Buford had to play more plays, and he makes a mistake on the play. And, and, and it's fine. We can, we can say Kyle Shanahan made a mistake. He didn't know the overtime rules. But you take that away, it's a touchdown pass, and we're, we're going a different direction with it. 
give Andy Reid credit for preparing his team. I'm, I guarantee you this. Kyle Shanahan, we'll go over the overtime rules now. They know him well, now. I'm just saying, Eric Ormstead and, and Kyle Juszczyk said they didn't know. But that's, but that's more like if these are rookies, you, you're right. But these are vet players. Veteran veterans. I get it, but yeah. they say they didn't know. Yeah. So that says more about them than, than, than Kyle, I'm telling you. So, Richard, as much as you love Kyle, as Keyshawn drove home the point yesterday, the fact remains he's now had three Super Bowls in which, as a coordinator and twice as a head coach, he had double-digit leads and could not hold them. For, what, for whatever reasons, maybe not all his fault, maybe a little, maybe a lot his fault. You can break it down any way you want to. Mm-hmm. But those facts remain, and now there's some hazy sort of skepticism about, wait a second, did you or didn't you know exactly why you were taking the football or not taking the football to start the overtime? And because of that, that's going to hang over his head yes. going forward. Yes, and absolutely. if they ever get back to one of these again, it will be, be the think about, it, think about it, though, and, and I, can't, I don't want to keep talking about it, but labor the point. But even Chris Jones said, we've talked about this for two weeks. We've talked about overtime rules for two weeks. That's what he said. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And he's a veteran player. I'm with you. That's all I'm saying. Which which is fine. But I'm I'm saying this. I'm saying this. As a veteran guy, if I'm telling you I don't know the rules and I've been in this league 11 years, 10 years, I would put that on me. But 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 if your if coach, captain but if your team. coach, if your coach came to you two weeks before the Super Bowl and continued to tell you whatever this 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 if you do this 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 and come back the next day this 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 this, 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 this it's in your head drilled in your head now. But Keith, so you already know what your coach is gonna do Keith, based on when you get the football or not get the football. Keith, if even if you don't go over it, you know situational football good enough. Hey, this is what we should do in this situation. This is what this yep. is what I would do. I'm in this league. You're almost a coach that late in your career. In 10, 11, 12 years, you're you're pretty much you coach. Are. You're a coach on the field. So you're sitting there like, hey, this is this is man, they in the red zone. But what happens these are the in things this, that they do in these scenarios? But what happens in this situation, though, Skip and Rich, is the fact that the players are saying that they did not know makes everybody believe Kyle didn't know. Right. I'm saying where Andy Reid's players are saying, yeah. well, we knew, which then says Andy Reid knew. That's <laughs> right. That's I, what it's boiling down to. I'm not arguing that. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm saying we this conversation would be really relevant with a block there. And I'm saying, like, I hear what you guys are saying. Fair point. Fair point. I'm 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 90 percent sure Kyle Shanahan knows the rules. I'm probably I'm probably 95 percent sure. If he doesn't, then then right. I got a lot of questions about this league and about coaches. I think it, he's I think one he, of the smartest coaches. In the I league. think he knew. Now, if you ask me, did he tell his team? No, I, I would probably he, say no. I don't think he told his team. I don't, I don't think, think he explained to them the night before or anything like that. I don't think so. Either. All right, back to your final point. The great thing about the game you guys played at the highest level, what coaches have told me for 50 years, is. Every football game, you can boil down to two or three plays. And this one, for sure, boils down to one play and one missed block in which if the backup lineman just gets in Chris Jones's way, you, you can either, you, you can almost squiff on him, but if you'll just get in his way and give Brock Purdy a second okay. and a half more, just a second and a half, uh, he's capable of finding one of those two, and we might be having a different 
conversation. Right. right? He's, he's literally looking at Jawan Jennings. Yeah. If you give him a second, it, it, I don't know if he sidearms side it, yeah. whatever he does, but it comes down to that play. And you don't want to blame the player and say, man, he's a terrible player. He made a mistake. He'll, he'll be better. He'll learn from it. He'll improve. But too late. It, I mean, <laughs> he'll regret he, him. He said he made the mistake. Right. We could have just blamed it on Kyle. <laughs> right. We were blaming the right tackle. I was blaming the right tackle. Yeah, we could have blamed somebody. <clears throat> but I respect him for doing that because he, he said, hey, it's not on Colton McKivitz. This is on me. I should have fanned out. That takes a bigger man. I respect him. He'll that. be cleaning out his locker. Maybe. <laughs> All right, up next. Why was this Super Bowl the most watched TV show ever? That's obvious. No mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Matt Gillespie. The 49ers are the new Bills. Mm. We got Bills and 49ers colors. Woo! want to be that. What'd they lose, Keyshawn? Four straight. Four straight. Damn, they lost four straight. I can't imagine the heartbreak being on that team four <sighs> times. They got Hall of Famers, though. I know. Yeah. A lot of them, too. They ran into more Hall of Famers on the Dallas Cowboys in the last two. Did they? Mm. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, they did. Second tweet from Patty. You going to call Shannon out for letting two Super Bowls slip away in the exact same way? I don't know. Not running the ball in the second half, run the damn ball run the damn ball. There's some truth to that. Maybe those three series where you could have made it 17 to 3. Right. Christian McCaffrey carried it one time in three series. Man, I, you know, I probably would have went for it on fourth and four, though. Yeah. Fourth and, fourth and three, I think. Or fourth and three. Yeah. I probably would have went for it. Yeah. All right. Finally, from Jolly Rancher. Oh, I love this. Remember when George Kittle lifted up his jersey and he was wearing a blue T-shirt that said F Dallas, except the F was spelled out with all four letters? This is Dallas has won a Super Bowl more recently than the 49ers. That is true. One year more recently. Dallas fans got the yeah. very weird wins. Well, that's a win. That's, that's, if that's the win, that's you're a touche, a good one, an effective one. Thank you no, for that. They went home in a wild card round this year. <sighs> I probably should just stay out of this one. Okay. Is it the wild card? Yeah. Yeah, well, Ouch. Remember, you, I didn't you didn't get to do the divisional and done. No, no. Ready to do it. And they have the number it. two seed. Well, we didn't even make it to halftime of the wild card game. That was our problem. <laughs> 27 to nothing. Okay, no surprise here. The longest Super Bowl game ever also will go down as the most watched program in television history. According to Nielsen and Adobe Analytics, the Kansas City Chiefs 25 to 22 overtime win averaged 123.4 million viewers across television and across streaming pa uh, platforms. That shattered last year's mark of 115.1 million. 
for, of course, Kansas City's last play victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, and that was with a 7% increase this year. Richard, how do you explain this, please? Well, it was a great game, Skip. This yeah. is one of the best Super Bowls in a very long time. Overtime thriller, uh, Patrick Mahomes, good offenses, great coordinators, great stories, and then you got the Taylor effect. You had so many people on their social medias. I'm going to boycott this game. I'm not, I don't want to see Taylor, yada, yada, yada. Well, I hope you guys understand how irrelevant you are to the grand scheme of things because they broke records when you boycotted or probably didn't boycott because nobody actually probably boycotted didn't. the Super Bowl. Yep. And you still watched anyway. And yep. you, maybe you turned away or looked somewhere else, but you probably didn't because you don't even have control like that because you're a sheep. And so... I'm 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 not really that surprised because Taylor Swift has kind of a cult following, and they're I think watch. it's beyond cult. Yeah. I think it's like global. I, no, I'm I'm looking yeah. like that because I'm like, <clears throat> they. I mean, they're gonna watch that, that. Like people made the point, they made it over and over. Like how many times these little girls who who are Taylor Swift fans or little boys or or whoever are Taylor Swift fans. And they're watching it for the first time, watching football for the first time with their parents, with their dad, because Taylor Swift's at the game and she's in the stands and she's. So what? So so what percentage do you think she brought to the table? I probably eyeballs. Probably at least ten million. No, ten million people. So what percent would that be? That's still hundred. I don't know. Under ten percent. Yeah. See, I, I don't think so. I don't think the numbers are generated because, well, not all because of Taylor Swift. I think the numbers, because think about it. If you talk about Patrick Mahomes, right, Andy Reid, Brock Purdy, let's just stay football-wise. That is what people want. Now let's get into the city. It's Vegas. People want to see who's at the game, all the celebrities, all of whether it's the Jay-Z's and LeBron's and the Beyonce's and you name it, they're all there, cameras roll. Then you talk about halftime, Usher. I mean, that was like one of the best performances I've seen in a long the, the time. The whole extravaganza it's was just crazy, spectacular. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you talk about since 2014, the NFL Super Bowls, top 10 most watched since 2014 across the board, all Super Bowls. Since 2014, top 10 in all television watching. Mm. Super Bowls are going to get eyeballs regardless. Right, but this one beat the best one by 10 million people. Yeah, so, but, but I'm saying that 10 million didn't come from her. I'm, 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 I think it came from Usher, Vegas, and the fact that Patrick Mahomes, Purdy, that's what I think. That's what I think. It was a great Super Bowl. It was, great. It was a great matchup. I, I, I still think 10 million is her. Hey. I'm all about the Taylor Swift effect and impact. I'm with Richard on this. I might be beyond you. And yet, I'll be the first. I'm going to say what I said from the start of the season. I, I personally don't get her music, but that's irrelevant. I do get her impact. Her reach, her appeal is global. It's so international that it has made her as powerful and influential an entertainer as there is in the world. And all those great entertainers. So you think just, 10 million yeah. people yes. want to watch her I, I, jump up and down for five seconds? Yes. Yeah. So I, can't, I can't buy that, man. Y'all not going to sell me on hey, that one. Not that wait, one. Wait, Don't do this to wait, me. Wait, wait, Listen, wait. Keyshawn, her wish is her fans' command. And when she told them... I'm going to the Super Bowl. They're going to watch the Super Bowl. And when she told them, I'm with Travis, they're going to all buy 87 jerseys and wear them as they watch the the Super Bowl. 
by I'm, far. I'm not. I'm not saying if, that if she said. I'm not this, saying that she doesn't have an effect on her fan base. But y'all not gonna sell me on the fact the reason that the numbers are at 123 million is because of Taylor Swift. Key, we're not saying the whole 123 million. No, we're not. We're just saying the reason it broke a record by a substantial amount is because of her. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't look. I'm not here to look. I'm not here to to, to, to say it. Beyonce has a cult following. Taylor Swift has a cult following. If she said buy this mug, probably be ten million of these mugs sold. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. But I, I just is given the fact that Usher performed at halftime. The quarterbacks are in the storylines, and it's Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas. I hear you. People want to see what it's going to be in Vegas. That's what I. That's how I look at it. Because right, Super Bowls in the game, you can't see Vegas. I mean, it's just another football field, right? Well, they got all the the, the pregame festivities going on. People tune in for that stuff. Mm. I, I would agree to some degree. It was going to break a record either way because it's just going to be more. Every year is going to be more. <coughs> but the reason it's, it wasn't like it broke it by two million. It didn't break it by three. It broke it by ten. That is the kind of effect that she had. There are probably people, would she come from Japan, a concert in Japan? There are probably yeah. people in Japan watching the game because they just watched her concert. And they're like, hey, I want to see where she's going. Why is she flying off so fast and leaving? True. I'm going to see what she's up to because they are that obsessed with this woman. And that, that, that's how it is. That's why the league puts so much emphasis and allows this. So is that why Roger Goodell was shaking That's hands? 100%. He said, baby, you, you got his wife this year. You, you know what I mean? You made sure our numbers were numbering this year. And, and she definitely had an effect mm. on the viewership throughout yeah. the playoffs. Mm. Keyshawn, I won't name names, but I know two prominent music critics who are closer to my age. Uh-huh. And because of a sarcastic remark I made back in September when she first emerged with Travis, I got scathing rebukes texted to me from both of them saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, that her music is superior and that off the field, so to speak, she has high character and that her impact is real because she she has earned it. So I'm like, okay, I stand corrected. I showed my wife Ernestine these texts. She's like, God, they're they're angry at you. And and what did I miss here? Well, I think it's what you're missing right now. I yeah, I guess. I just, I look at these ratings, you know, top 10 most viewed programming ever in the U.S., all Super Bowls since 2014. I mean, I don't know. But, but that's what I'm saying. And this one beat all of them, the most watched TV program in the history of the United States by 10 million people. Okay. I just, just we'll, we'll, we'll find out next year if, if, when they're not in the Super Bowl yeah. if it affected. Right, right. Well, we, we <laughs> will. Or not. Yeah. I predicted to open Friday's show, this will be the most watched Super Bowl ever because it was clear to me it was trending that way because the the biggest storyline by far leading up to the game were those two. And I thought CBS did a great job of not overselling her. We, We got the react shots when they were on time, when they were deserved, and yet that was clearly the storyline. See, if y'all would have told me she she performed at halftime, then it would be an easier sell to me. But like you just said, Skip, for me to think that somebody is just going to be sitting there for four hours waiting for a shot of her, 
I, I just, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to grasp. Pete, That's there, all. There's, there's a lot of proof throughout the season of, of the, the viewership on Kansas City games that she's at yeah. versus Kansas City games she's not at. I understand. There's, there's jersey sale numbers. There's attendance at the game numbers that change if she's there and if she's not there. I, I, look, I don't make the rules. I don't. I don't know what what makes this happen, but people love this woman and they they are supporting her. And do you know any of her songs? I know none of her songs. Ditto. Thank you. Do you? Because your kids? No, I don't. No, I just know my daughter flew to Arizona to one of her concerts last year. There you go. Your daughter. Your daughter. How many times have your daughter been on the plane? A lot of a lot of times. But she's flying to another city to see this woman. Mm. Well, because that's what they do, man. I don't know. It's whatever. Mm. I don't know. Have you Ask had this conversation with her about Taylor Swift, about her popularity? Uh, well, I was driving in the car uh, several months ago and her friend, and they were saying something, Taylor Swift music came on, and I turned the channel, and the, <laughs> the girl in the back got seat loud, got mad. Yeah, I can loud, imagine. Yeah. You put out on the side of the road, girl. <laughs> right, right. Look, <laughs> I'm going to let you know something. Ain't a lot of people going to come at you like that about a lot of things. That, that yeah. young woman they were probably, calling me a hater is what they were saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why am I a hater? I don't want to listen to this. It's not good to my ears. Are you surprised your daughter likes it? No. No? Not at all. No. Uh -uh. I'm not surprised. That's her peer group, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, her age group. Oh, I understand. Yeah, what, what are teens? Right. That's what she appeals to? The daughter, how many Super Bowls has she watched? Does she like watch Super Bowls? Yeah, half times and stuff like that. Every Did she year. watch this game? Uh, half time. Okay, she didn't watch the rest of it? Not really. Maybe not she really. was up in her room watching it. Early. Could be. Right? Could be. Yeah. But I'm not convinced that 10 million people plus are sitting around waiting for five-second clips. Now look, I'm going to let you know oh. something. I, I wish I wasn't convinced, <laughs> but... The reality of the situation. Yeah. So here's the other question. If, in fact, we're right about this, if Travis is not involved in next year's game. And, and it I, drops. Yeah. Or, or how many of the Taylor Swift, the Swifties, as they call them, how many will stay as NFL fans going forward just because they got exposed to what's a great game to watch with great subplots to it, great narratives? Will they stay? Did it hook some fans who will, will continue on as even fringy mm -hmm. NFL fans right. that will continue to help the popularity of the NFL. That probably never turned a game on yeah. in their lives. Okay. That's yeah. why the NFL was so happy that it happened, and I'm not mad at it. Keyshawn, unconvinced. Okay, up next. I'm still wondering what happened. What, what, was, what was this between Rex Ryan and the Dallas Cowboys? Now Mike Zimmer is the official coordinator we discussed next. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me, that's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. 
and while scoring deals up to five times faster. It's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. The Dallas Cowboys finally, officially hired Mike Zimmer as defensive coordinator after an Adam Schefter report that the Cowboys did, in fact, reopen talks with Rex Ryan over the weekend. So, Keyshawn, what just happened here? And did Dallas ultimately wind up with the right guy for the job? Well, that was negotiating, obviously, and, and Rex was still in play until they finished it up with Zim. But I like to pat myself on the back from a couple weeks ago, though. Okay, did because you like that? I said that they're they're gonna they need to talk to Zim, I like and that. and uh, I think they picked the right guy. Mm. I think they got the right guy. Rex would have been f- great too, Skip, but I think in this situation, given the fact that Zim spent 12 years on the sidelines in Dallas, he did okay, defensive back coach couple years under Dave Campo, and I was like, Campo was the head coach of the Cowboys? He was. Can you believe it? That was so long ago. God, those are bad years. (laughs) And then he spent four with Bill Parcells. So there's some familiarity there. He understands the way. He coordinated for us. He coordinated for us. And there's familiarity. He understands Jerry. Jerry understands him. He knows the city. Like, he just knows what being a Cowboy is all about. So it works perfect. You got a great offense. Now you got to put your defense together. If you hire Rex Ryan, you're, you're putting, you're becoming aggressive. Gaping cavities and holes wide open in the secondary if the blitz doesn't come. They're all those sort of things. We had that last year, whether we blitzed or not, but go ahead. But, but you now have a coach who is not as aggressive, but it could be aggressive at times, who's coordinated pretty good defenses. Right. In, in Cincinnati as well as Minnesota. He did. He's not far removed from coaching. You know, he's just a head coach a couple years ago, so he's still fresh. And as he, you kept saying, he was hovering around Dion's program all year in Colorado. Exactly. And yeah. on top of that, you know how we always talked about Dan Quinn waiting to be the next guy? Well, I wouldn't run away from Zim waiting to be the next guy if it don't go well what, with Mike McCarthy either. What, what I would say, I mean, yeah. Maybe. He, he has been a, a really solid head coach. Minnesota was really yeah. competitive for a number of years. Always had great players, disciplined, sound scheme. But I thought, I, I thought near the end for Zimmer, teams found answers for, for his scheme. That, that's why in 2020, they were 29th in points allowed, 27th in yards allowed. 2021, they were 24th in points allowed, 30th in yards allowed. Mm. Because the league is cyclical. And he did a great job early on. If you look at 2019, they were 5th in points allowed mm. and 14th in yards allowed. They figure things out. Right now, it's, it's teams running too high. Hey, keep a cap on the defense. We don't want Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and, and, and Joe Burrow bombing everybody. We want to make them walk the ball down the field yeah. and game manage. I think it's going to evolve back to cover three and, and guys going back, dropping a safety in the box, not letting people run the ball as successfully as they have. But I hope that he, he adjusts 
with the times. And I think that might be a reason they didn't, they didn't hire Rex. Rex hasn't been in the game in a long time. And this scheme is very pressure-centric. It's, it's very he – might, he might drop a D tackle into the deep third and blitz everybody else. You know, he, he, he does a lot of unconventional things. And I think Zimmer runs a very sound scheme, a scheme you can explain, a scheme that has answers for just about everything. You know, it may not be as sound against the run, as Irv said yesterday, and rarely are there top ten in, in run defense, but he's usually right there in points, usually right there. And I think it's going to be sound. They're going to be good in the red zone. They're going to keep points off the board, even if they give up some leaky yards at times. So I think it could be a good fit, but it's just such a hard situation to walk into because expectations are so high. Mm. And if you're not meeting them, Key, right now, everybody go. Well, of course. I mean, but when you talk about his the end in Minnesota, he didn't have any players. Remember Anthony Barr and those guys, they got to the end. Right. But when those guys was good, when they could play, mm-hmm. they was on, on point. But then at the end, they just didn't have nobody on defense. It's mm-hmm. fair. They uh, got some people in Dallas. They got some people in Dallas. I saw Dion Saturday in Vegas. He raves about Mike Zimmer, believes in him, played for him at one point in Dallas. <clears throat> Even said, boy, I, maybe I should have hired him at Colorado, and I think they had some talks about it. But for me, just to, I'm, I'm speaking as a fan, Mike Zimmer, as sound as he is, and that's the operative word, he is as sound as it gets. He's not exciting to me. He's not charismatic to me he has no sexy rexy in him he has no it's it's meat and potatoes it might be filet mignon and yukon gold potatoes but it's meat and potatoes and to me and i know him i covered him when he was the db coach he can be just as dull as a tuesday night Oh, no question all business all business yeah no smile and this locker room still lacks a fire starter an igniter an emotional leadership type personality that I thought Dan Quinn was at times. And yet Dan Quinn's defense, the last time I saw it, gave up not 48 because the final score was 48, but Dak got picked six. So it gave up 41 points to Green Bay in a wild card home playoff game in which they were favored by seven and a half points against the youngest team in the NFL. Well, that's not a great sell for Washington, I thought, or for maybe that's why Seattle said, I don't know. And yet you, you would have liked Dan Quinn yeah, to go back to would, Seattle. And obviously you played for him. But Dan Quinn would put his hat on backwards, and he had emotion to him. He had, he had popped to his personality that I, I liked, and I'm going to miss that. And now we don't have any of that on any front because Mike McCarthy is a bump on a sideline log. And Dak has charisma about him. He's, he's a great guy, and I think he's well-liked. But, but there's something – he doesn't have a – an like a fire-starting leadership intangible to right. him in the locker room. He's, he's not one who can say the right thing at the right time to lift up the whole locker room into a, a frenzy. I don't know who did that for your I, Legion of Boom teams. It was a number Cam of people. Yeah, was, it was Cam, Cam, Mike Bennett sometimes. Yeah. You, you, you got a lot of times Cam, Bobby at times. And you. Right. And, yeah, I would yeah. I'd do my fair share. But I, I, I think I agree with you. I just wonder what they're going to do with the staff. Because if you keep Al, Al – is going to be a great mo- yeah. motivator. But I think you have to elevate his role. And I'm surprised. He, he, he was the assistant DB coach, and, and Michael Irvin would come in every Monday just raving about the job that he did with the secondary. Go ahead. Right, because it, it, it's no coincidence that since he's gotten there, you've yeah. seen double-digit picks 
you've seen the interception for touchdown uh, record be <laughs> broken. Record. You saw you see all the success from these DBs. You do. And I think he deserves a bigger role in this defense. And I thought they would elevate him, maybe not to D.C., but to, to, to assistant like D.C., where he would have more impact. Like maybe if Zim's in the, in the box, then yeah. he's going on the sideline managing because I do think he can be an emotional leader. I think he got, has a lot of respect in that locker room. But I'm, I'm with you because you talk about all these games where you look like the team comes out flat. Flat. And you're like, yeah. they're just not motivated. And he's not a motivator. And yeah. maybe Dan Quinn is the one motivating him at times. And I just don't see anybody. Well, Zim, Zim just speaks differently, though. He's a he, like you said, meat potato. He's all football, all business. But inside that locker room, he will be a certain way. Yeah, I can he, promise you that. He's intense. Yeah, I he's very that. intense. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a problem. If you blow a coverage, come on over here with me. Where some coaches, I would say he coaches somewhat like fear, where guys can play, play knowing – if I make a mistake, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Opposed to a rah-rah coach. Yeah. That's which true. Which, yeah. I mean, I think that'll be fine. But okay. I, I think I think to Micah Parsons on his podcast point, you just this generation just doesn't do well with that. They don't do well getting coached under those circumstances, getting coached with fear or or a stern hand or, yeah. or a, a dictatorship. You've said this many you know, times. Yeah. It, it just doesn't go well. That's why a lot of these coaches have adjusted and they're like, hey. You know, kind of go with the flow, give, yep. give some, take some, you know, communicate. To, to Travis Kelsey's point, if that ever happened to Bill Belichick, or you, you never even think about it happening to Bill Belichick because it was such a stern way he ran his team, such you knew if I ever did that, I probably wouldn't make it on the bus home. Yeah. Like you'd be gone before halftime. And so it's just, can he adjust to this new day and age of players not being able to be coached by fear? You tell a guy, you might crashing for the whole game. If you say, you make a mistake, I'm snatching you. The guy goes out there, he's going to make six mistakes because he's so worried about his job, and these guys just have been mentally fragile a lot of times. All right, back to Rex Ryan. There's something about Rex that brings energy and intrigue to every situation he steps into because he's great with the media. He right now is the media. He is a quote machine. He's exciting to play for because he's edgy in his approach, but he's very good at what he does. Right. He really can coach hardcore defense because his father was as good as it got. And his twin brother, who I know very well, much better than I know Rex, was very good. I know he had some bad days in Dallas, but, <laughs> but he's been around for a long time. They know defense. Your friend and mine, Dennis Thurman, coached right under Rex for many years, and I've talked to Dennis at length about Rex. They did some numbers on Tom Brady back in the day. They oh, yeah. did. They made it hard on him because they would take Wex, uh, Wes Welker away from him and just like, oh, he's lost. Right. And I, once I got excited about that over the weekend, I, I wanted it to happen because Rex was campaigning on live TV on ESPN for this job saying they're – there are Super Bowl ingredients there, and I think I could be a little bit of an upgrade. He's, he's putting it out there, obviously, over Dan Quinn. And that's a mouthful because Dan Quinn's really good at what he did. But Rex is saying, I think I could be a little bit of an upgrade, and I want to be back on that stage because it's a big Look, stage. Look, if they had hired Rex, I'd have been jumping yeah. on the table. Yeah. Just like so would for I. Zim. It's, it's, yeah. It would have been a great hire. But this is not a Mike McCarthy hire. Right. This is a Jerry Jones, no Stephen Jones hire. Yep. Because as I always try to tell y'all, 
familiarity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they know I, I what know they him. Got. I know they what this do. is. Yeah. I don't necessarily know Rex. I coach his brother worked for me, but I, that wasn't a great experience. Not successful. So That's you, you just you got to think like they think. And yeah. I think I, I think Rex has done a great job in 2009. He had the number one defense in the land. Points in yards. They had a great defense. That was the year Arivas had his best year. He did. Um, they, I think they went to the AFC Championship game. The next year, they were sixth in points allowed, third. But it, it's been over a decade since, since he's had those kind of rankings. And you, we, we go outside of scheme because I think scheme, he does a great job. He puts it more on him than the players. He says, hey, I'm going to call the blitz that gets you home instead of, hey, I need you to beat this guy one-on-one. I'm going to call this play to get this stopped instead mm-hmm. of I need you to be a smart player and, and diagnose it and understand this. I'm going to put it on me, which is fine. But then I think personality. Yep. I think Jerry's like, I'm not going to be outshined. <laughs> if I'm being honest, Keith, no, I'm not going right. to be outshined. Mm-hmm. Because Rex Ryan is fun to hear. He's fun to, to interview. Could you imagine him after a huge win or a huge loss? Either way, you're going to hear, be like, what's Rex got to say after this game? <laughs> and I think right now, you hear the Cowboys, you like, what does Jerry have to say after this game? What is Jerry going to say? What, what is Jerry going to do after yeah. this game? Who is he going to put this on? How is he going to respond? And that will change. Yeah, Rex more than Zimmer to me would be a threat to Mike McCarthy as the next head coach. But to your point, the bigger threat would be to Jerry Jones, and nobody's going to be a threat to Jerry Jones, so it's Mike Zimmer. That's what just happened. Yeah, well, right? I mean, you got to live with it, not me. <sighs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> we will talk about it. Unfortunately. Okay, hold on just a second. The 49ers are favored to win next year's Super Bowl again? Wow. (laughs) Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Black History Month is a perfect time to reflect on all of our black heroes. Don't count the days. Make the Days Count is not a quote attributed to a poet or a novelist, but rather boxer Muhammad Ali. Both spiritual and lyrical, there has never been an athlete quite like him. He challenged not only authority, but the way we thought and lived, all the while becoming the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time, and inarguably the most important. Ali was Instagram and TikTok before they existed, endlessly entertaining, but serious and defiant. He made not only opponents uncomfortable, but our government too, refusing to support the Vietnam War, saying, you want me to go somewhere and fight, but you won't even stand up for me here at home. Muhammad Ali opened the doors for every athlete to walk through. The 49ers are favored to win next year's Super Bowl, just as they were favored to win Sunday's Super Bowl. So, Keyshawn, do you agree the Niners should be favored again going into next season? No, I don't agree at all. It should be the Ravens, the Chiefs, then maybe the Niners. But I certainly can understand why. I mean, they do have everybody coming back that's under contract for the most part. I think 
you know, if they can sign Chase Young back, that gives them some strength. I'm sure they look, John Lynch is probably looking at that, trying to figure out how to get that done because there's some guys that'll come up after the 2024 season, like uh, Ayuk. They've got to address Ward. They're going to have to address Diamandor yeah. Lenore, but all that's future. Mm -hmm. But for next season, I, I don't know that they should be one. I think they. I think three is probably about who the right got? landing spot. Who you got at one? Ravens. Oh. They didn't even make the Super Bowl. I, I understand they didn't make the Super Bowl, and yeah. you don't like Lamar, and he won the MVP. I, I, I got that. I don't dislike Lamar. But I'm just saying, they, they scored 10 points. That, that's fine. championship. But I think another year in that offense for them, another year with young players like Zay Flowers understanding all about the defense getting healthy again, I just like them sitting at one, and obviously Kansas City at two, and 49ers at three. But I also said I could see why the 49ers would be in position by many to be favored because they got everybody coming back. Yeah. And they just lost the Super Bowl barely, and they got everybody coming back. Except for Dre Greenlaw, who's going to come and off Dre, what you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Keith, they, yeah. One thing they do do well is draft linebackers, and they, they, they yeah. have a staple of linebackers. And if they could get Chase Young back, you yeah, know. That will be big. That will be big. Um, the, oh, but the, my question was why you had Baltimore, because they lost their D.C. That's going to be a big deal. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true, that's too. That's going to be that's a true. big part But they of, lose their D.C.s all the time. Every yeah, year but, they, but they, and they lose lost, running backs. And they, they lose DBs. They haven't lost a, 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 a Wink. They lost because they got rid of Wink because they thought this guy was the answer, and they were right. This yeah. guy, uh, Mike McDonald, was the answer. I understand. And called a great scheme. I, I, I think it's hard to replace guys like that. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I, I believe there will be some fall off there. Because the scheme will just be different. No matter if, if you try to call the same plays, you know, it's just like anything else. You try to, hey, I'm going to call it like he called it. He called this play in this situation. It, sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. Um, I think San Francisco 49, I, I would think the Kansas City Chiefs would have been favored because they just won the Super Bowl. They're not really losing much. They're not losing any quarter, coordinators. Andy Reid said he's coming back. As long as he comes back, Spags is coming back. He didn't get any interviews for head coach jobs, so I thought he would be favored. Uh, but I can understand why San Francisco would be there. They still return a lot of these players, a lot of these all-pros, a lot of these offensive player of the year and Christian McCaffrey, uh, a lot of the defense. We'll see if Steve Wilkes returns. I, I don't see anything that sh says he wouldn't. But uh, a second year in that defense, second year maybe with Kyle Shanahan where they have conversations in this offseason off about things they need to change and address. Um, I, see, I can see why they would be in there. It's good. Mm. Vegas loves the 49ers. They do. Just, e even more than you love the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vegas probably got them. They, 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 they got paid this year off the 49ers. So they were two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, and they lost by three. And I agree with all your points about it's all intact, so so nothing. There's no threat to it except Dre Greenlaw is really good at what he does, and that was like horrendously yeah, that was right. unfair. You, you're you're just starting to run back on the football field, and your Achilles just goes. I don't. It's like the most mysterious. Thing. You know how yours happen, yeah. yeah. and then you're fighting with it. And I know, you know, Aaron Rodgers was on blah blah blah, and I know you talked to his doctor about it. I I don't know. It's right. still hard to get it right. It's just hard to come back. 100% the first year back mm -hmm. as you went through. Okay, so I'm with Keisha on this. I still cannot compute in my brain how the Kansas City Chiefs went to Baltimore and won. I don't get it because the second half was what I thought would happen with the Baltimore's defense because Patrick Mahomes, the first five times he had the ball in the second half, he had to punt. What? 
And the, on the last possession, he threw the sort of the punt he threw to MVS that ended the game. So that was the only time they didn't punt in the second half, and they had 69 total yards, net yards passing. Right. That's what I thought would happen in the first half, and it did not because Travis Kelsey got loose for nine catches on nine targets for almost 100 yards, and all of a sudden it's 17-7 to seven at halftime, and they made it stand up because – Lamar tried to out Patrick. Patrick, and you just can't. Yeah. He didn't play to his strengths. Yeah. I don't know. I can tear that game to 100 pieces. But they lost. And I still that, – that was the biggest shock of the year to me outside of Dallas being down 27 to nothing before halftime against Green Bay. But the point is they're intact also. And yeah. I think Lamar will be a little better next year. Absolutely. Just because he's wiser and he's just – Second, yeah. second running it back in that yeah. offense for the second time. I, yeah. I hear you guys, but Lamar Jackson in the playoffs averages 16 points a game. And that's yeah. just that's just. Fact. I can't argue with that. I can't fight it. There's no question. Yeah. I'm there's just no saying, question he's been bad in the playoffs. We, we, don't, we don't do enough because just what you said about Kyle Shanahan in that third quarter. You said he stopped running the ball. He did. But I didn't hear that same rebuke of John Harbaugh. When they stop running the ball oh, as the number one rushing offense, I think we and oh yeah, we absolutely but we didn't decimate him like no. like that. We we got Kyle for three drives where he didn't run the ball, but this man stopped running the ball in totality. His Gus Edwards had three carries in the game, but he also hadn't blown double digit Super Bowl leagues three he times. He scored ten points in an AFC championship. But game. I'm saying, and we're John not, Harbaugh as the number one rushing, but team. John Harbaugh. Did not surrender double-digit leads. He didn't in even Super make it Bowls. to the Super Bowl. No, I'm, one I, seed at home. I, I'm just saying to I, you. I hear what you're saying. Why? But it's that way I, with Kyle. I, I, I'm saying he lost before he ever got there with the best team in football. I get it twice, year. and we didn't. And twice. we didn't really say anything enough. Where you're like. Gus Edwards had three carries. Like you, you ran the ball eight times in the football game. We, eight. We talked about it's it. absurd. We, we didn't. It's we did just, not get kill it like that. Like we talked about Kyle and what we talked about because that was the reason they lost the game. They run the ball better. They run the Gus Edwards had I think what he had fifteen yards on his first carry. Yep. And then touched the ball two more times the rest of the game. Don't get it. And I think because they, the they decided Lamar was it, and we're yeah. going to put the game in Lamar's hand because well, that MVP. was their decision. They yep. saw fifteen across yep. and they said here, this is what we're going to do. Here, MVP. Do. That was yep. a mistake on their part. Yep. Right. I'm sure they know that. But as far as the defense goes, I don't know where they're going to be a significant drop-off from Baltimore's Justin defense. Justin Matabike is a free agent. They're going to have to find a way to either pay him or let yeah. him know. Yeah. He led, the, led he, their he team in sacks. He was a big deal. He was a big huge deal. deal. Uh, Kyle yeah. Yeah. is a free agent. He, they picked yeah. him up midseason. Um, I'm not sure Clowney. if Clowney's a free agent, but if he's a yeah. free agent, th those are the top three. And, and I'm sure they know that, and they're probably going to figure out a way to keep him. I'm assuming they're going to keep those guys are replace them. Their defense historically has always been good. I know the defensive coordinator has left, but I can't see because, again, remember, it's the Willies and the Joes, not always the X's and O's. If you think in San Francisco's defense was good this year and they replaced their defensive coordinator for the second straight time and their defense was good under D'Amico Ryans with the same players, same thing with Salah, same players, D'Amico took over good. Defense was good, not... D'Amico Ryan style, but their def San Francisco defense was still good with a new coordinator. All I'm saying is they got the players intact in Baltimore for that defense to still be solid. I, but they don't because I think Patrick McQueen, uh, Patrick Queen, 
is a free agent. Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen. But Patrick Queen is a free agent, too. Huge part of that defense. Huge yep. part of what they did. And they're not expected to resign him. So if there are... They now, put their money on defense anyway. But that's, that's what they, they do. do. But that's what I'm saying. Are you going to have two $15 million linebackers? I don't know. I think he goes to Seattle to, with, with Mike McDonald and, and gets a job there. That's a huge drop-off. So you talk about your three top sack getters, your, your second best linebacker, you're, you're, All right, it, man, the 49ers are favorite. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying why Baltimore is going to have a little bit of a fall-off. I think, I think Kansas City should be favorite. They won the game. I mean, okay, and I agree with that. So here's why. I know everybody gets fixated, blinded by the light from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But what Spag's defense did in this game was pretty extraordinary. I saw this stat this morning caught my eye. It's only the third time in 48 games that Debo and Kittle and Ayuk were held to under a combined 100, 100 yards because they, they, none of them did much of anything. I mean, Kittle had two catches for four yards. Debo had three for 33. Ayuk had three for 49, but it didn't add up to 100 yards. McCaffrey got his because he always gets his. But the point is, this Kansas City defense is really good and will probably get a little better. And... It's so good that if they were favored next year, I wouldn't hate it. I, I would oh. argue with it because that they have earned the right because they did go on the road and they they held Josh Allen. They they contained him to where he didn't just take the game over. And you know what they did to Lamar in Baltimore and against this offense, which was the number one offense all year long, Brock Purdy's offense, mm -hmm. to hold them to, what was it, 19 in regulation, right. and then it wounds up, uh, or was it uh, 25 22. to 22, okay? And they, and they got great, uh, one of the best secondaries in football, Trent McDuffie, the yeah. all-pro this year. I think Legereus Sneed didn't get his awards that he should have gotten, but played really good football this year. He Justin did. Reed's a good safety. Mike He's Edwards uh, is a ball Tampa that you yeah. played with, yeah. And, and, and really yeah. plays well. They... They're perfect for what they need to do. So I, I agree with you. They're going to they're gonna come back stacked next year, another year in Spags' system. Spags is calling it as good as anybody in football right now. And Chris Jones is just a flat-out game, game wrecker. Yeah, Kansas and, City, I, I, any of the three can be favored to go to the Super Bowl and win it, right? In, any of the three. I just put the Ravens up there because they do have the MVP. No question. I mean, you know, and I think their defense will still be pretty good. Now, whether or not... At the end of the year, Kansas City goes back in there and beats them. is a different story. Mm. You know, it's a different story. But I think to, to start out the year, because right now, they're plus 900 as of right now to go to the Super Bowl, the Ravens are. With the Chiefs are plus 750, and the Niners are plus 450. So I think people still yeah. see them pretty tight and close. Yeah. I can't believe they got the bills in here. I, just, I, I, I don't really get that either. I mean... <laughs> What have they done to put you, other than Josh Allen, other than Josh Allen, what did they do to, to make you feel that way? I mean, Stephon Diggs, they do have an offense that can get them there. The fourth best odds to go to the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. I would have thought they, they went with the Lions. I would have really. Okay. Are, are they going to get back their defensive players? Because I don't know their injury status. I don't know what Vaughn's got left. Does he, does he have much left in the tank? No, he's I, been hurt. Yeah, and Milano, the, he was gone for the whole year. I don't know his injury. But if you get your key pieces back on defense, they're, they're pretty good. Right, but it's just they've done nothing you know, to nothing earn, it. To earn no. it. And where you're saying, hey, in the playoffs, wow, they impressed in this way that they should be. Josh Allen played well. you got to give him that. He didn't play awful in the playoffs. But 
outside of him, you're, you're not sitting there like, man, this team has been in the AFC Championship three years, you know, the prior three years. I expect them to get back. They haven't been there. And then ESPN's power ranking got the Bills fifth. <laughs> right? You're laughing. Yeah. yeah. It's just funny because they may not even have Stephon Diggs. He most likely sounds like he's going to be out of there. You know, and, and it's just I'm laughing because they got the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Niners, the Lions, and the Bills. Yeah. That's why I'm laughing. I, I low-key would have went with Green Bay. Forget about Green Bay. Green Bay, right? I would have went with Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay, a young quarterback, good coordinator, defense was playing better. They just got Jeff Halfley um, as, as their D.C. I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. Hey, if Green Bay next year gets hot and wins the Super Bowl, it wouldn't shock wouldn't me at all. No. no, they're just that. And, and it sounds like people just forget about the Chargers. They just don't even trust the Chargers. Well, nobody trusts them. That's, that's the thing. With, with Jim, they're going to be different. But how do you trust trust them when their last time they were in the playoffs, they gave up a, what, 21-point lead? Yeah, but that dude's looking and, for a job. I, I, 100%. But I'm saying this, it, it, there's a lot of these still same pieces there that didn't go to the playoffs last year. Would they go win five games, six games? With an incredibly yep. talented team. And, and Jim's going to turn it around. He's going he, to do a much better job. But it's just you got to prove something to the player. We can't just put him in there. Yeah, but I trust Jim. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I didn't trust Brandon Staley and neither did Sean McVay a second time around because he didn't hire him. Mm-hmm. He didn't bring him back to be the I D.C. Thought, I thought he did. No, he interviewed, but he didn't hire him hire somebody else. Who, who's this, Harbaugh? No, no, no. no. Uh, Sean McVay. Sean, oh, Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he hired some, Yeah, he hired somebody else. Yeah. So what's intriguing to me is we just talked for 10 minutes about who's it for next year, and nobody brought up the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Fittingly and correctly, nobody brought up the Dallas Cowboys. I'm proud of you, Skip. Because we are still stuck with the same coach and the same quarterback and the same owner slash general manager, and it'll be the same old, same old story going forward. That's your fault. Yeah, and you can laugh at me. We didn't bring up Philly either, if that makes you feel any better. Something is wrong with that group. And, and now their best pass rusher has requested a trade. A trade. So I, I don't know. Something's really rotten in Denmark there. Something's amiss. Okay, speaking of looking deeper into a situation, let's look deeper into the groundswell of support for Mahomes being better than Brady. That is next. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I was fascinated and not surprised yesterday when our Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer, said his eyes tell him Patrick Mahomes is already better than Tom Brady. Michael's biggest point was that Mahomes clearly is a much better athlete than Brady, and I've heard a similar sentiment from several Hall of Famers over the last four or five years. So here's my theory. Many Hall of Famers have had a difficult time accepting that a Tom Brady widely viewed as so unathletic, no running ability at all to speak of, (laughs) is also widely viewed as the greatest football player ever. It's like they see Brady, excuse me, Brady is having played some game within the violent Warriors game of football 
is if he just doesn't really count as a genuine hardcore football player. At least Mahomes gets his pants dirty with an occasional called run or scramble or great escape leading to a spectacular completion. At least that's the way it always comes across to me. But Keyshawn, have you ever sensed any resentment among ex-players of an unathletic Brady being called the greatest football player ever? I, I can't say that I have, but he's not the greatest football player ever. He might be the greatest quarterback. Mm. Okay, that's an interesting but, distinction. But he's not the greatest football. I can speak to legendary people. I can speak to Tom Jackson, who I worked with at ESPN for a long time. Mm -hmm. Tom Jackson told me Jim Brown was the greatest ever. Ever. I put on a, a I'm a old pair enough to have that. seen him, and he was untackleable. Okay. Yes. I, I didn't yeah. see him. I mean, yeah. obviously, I've met him. I yeah. know him. I've done things so with do him. I. Yeah. Looks different than Brady. Right. <laughs> yeah, all right. I mean, he just looks different than Brady. And when you talk about the greatest football player ever, mm -hmm. I can only speak to the greatest football player that I've ever played with, and that's Derrick Brooks. Ever played with. Love it. He's the greatest football player I've ever played with. He's also one of the greatest men you've ever yes, known. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So when you start talking about the greatest football players, I mean, where does Lawrence Taylor fit in this right. at? Right? Where does Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice Dion. fit in? Dion. So when you're talking about football players, that you start thinking like that, it's like, okay, yeah, Brady orchestrated comebacks and touchdowns and wins, but Brady couldn't couldn't move from me to you. Okay, that's I mean, the point. Just, he, yep, he there you go. He couldn't move yep. from me to you. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, that, does that disqualify him? Right. Probably. Right. As the greatest football player ever, yeah. I would say that that disqualifies him. Mm. Right. I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know about football player. You know, I, I, I've never heard any resentment because I don't think we don't, I, I don't hear it spoken about like that because we talk about it as a quarterback. And, and, yeah, and a quarterback. clearly he's the, the greatest quarterback. And so being athletic as a quarterback used to be almost frowned upon, you know, almost frowned upon. And it was only black quarterbacks that were seen that way. It was, yeah. it was Vic. It's, it's Cam. It's, it was Warren Moon. It was, it was Culpepper. Well, Warren was Moon had to go Donovan. to the CFL. Right, he had to go to the CFL. It, it wasn't looked at as a great thing where they were like, man, we want these athletic quarterbacks. It was almost like, yeah, I mean, if you got one, cool. But, like, what the prototype was was a white pocket passer. Pocket passer. I mean, that's what it was. That's what it was. You look up and down the hall. No, I'm just laughing. For, for the first 50 years of the league. I yep. call them sub-zero refrigerators. Right. They're not moving. They're not moving they're, at they're all. It's, it's hard to move them. It's hard to move them. It, you, you, got, you got Marino, Montana. You, got, you can go up and down. Well, Montana hey. can move around a little bit. A little bit. But yeah. he, but he, and but, may I please, Roger Staubach could move around a lot. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. There, are, there are exceptions. <laughs> What's that? Wasn't, wasn't born. Wasn't I know. Born. Wasn't born. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm talking Fair about enough. the guys you that... You got me. You, you talk about Marino, you talk about Peyton in recent memory. You talk about, and the greatest pocket passer is Tom Brady. Now that Patrick Mahomes is, is reinventing what the prototypical quarterback should be. And now it's not a white pocket passer. Now it's crazy that a white pocket passer is the greatest of all time because of what he's putting on tape. What you see every week, what you see from him, Mahomes. But, but, what you but, see, but just from, I don't mean to cut you off, Richard, but just for clarification, Pocket passer because Shaq Harris was a big old pocket passer that played for the Los Angeles Rams. Didn't get the real opportunity right. to be the guy he should have been because he was black. I covered him and knew him well. And, yeah. and he could throw that throw hell it. out of him. Throw it. Like, like 
all time. As he would say, I could hit a BB in the dark. Yes. And... (laughs) And was a, what'd you say, a sub-zero refrigerator? Yeah, so right. was Shaq. Yeah. He, Shaq he was, was huge. He was just huge, but and, he didn't move. And what yeah. I will say is, is quarterbacks back in the day used to get the butts kicked. They used yeah. to get, you know, the rules didn't Did protect that. them. They used to get their faces kicked in, be yeah. out there concussed, still throwing the ball, true, doing true, all that. True. And Tom Brady played a little bit in that time. And then he was the reason the rules changed. Yeah. And, and, and things got a little softer for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And now, so I think there's always going to be that debate. Because I'm, I'm sure Marino... And, and and Aikman and, and Steve Young and Montana. Oh, no, Young can move around. He could move. No, I'm saying they're going to say, like, these guys aren't are, are soft. This new generation yes. of quarterbacks, they can have it easier now. So, of course, they can do all this because they can't get hit. They can't get knocked to the ground. They can't even get okay, the That's on. what our man Terry Bradshaw always says because he played in the age when you it was open season on the quarterback. You tried to injure the quarterback right. you, you because to, the rules would allow it. To, to, to hit him and you you yeah. be out there and quarterback concussed. And you're like, hey, you know, as a defense, it's a field day. You're not going to have concussed quarterbacks out there nowadays. For, for Rightfully so. I'm not saying it was right back then, but that's the game they played. But Unless they get out the pocket like uh, Anthony Richardson, then yes, you're right. going to but, but then you, But then you go, then the, the, the neurological, the independent neurological guy is going to come out there and take you out of the football mm-hmm. game. You used to be able to stay in the game. Hey, hey, let's just take a knee real quick. Let's talk to you for a second. <laughs> you smell us all? Yeah, get back in there. Get back in there. We need your quarterback. And so I think the game has changed a little bit, Skip. Okay. Are you saying that the quarterback position isn't a football player position? It's not. It's not. That's not what I'm saying, Skip. I'm just. But that's kind of where you're getting to. Like it's a different position that doesn't really belong in the way you guys played football. No, it's, it's that particular quarterback is different than the other quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, so to speak like Lamar Jackson, so to speak, like a Mark Brunel was or Steve Young was, guys that had the ability to also use their legs. Tom Brady not using his legs. Only time he's using his legs is to be athletic within the pocket. You know what that means? Going from here to here. And that's about all. Okay. I'm going to defend him on that count because – I do believe he had some of the sweetest pocket feet I've ever seen. That's what I just because said. Because there's ballet dancing going that's on in there said. to create a little From room, a little right. To here. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Okay, I got it. But don't underestimate that that ability that made him what he was. Put it this way. Yes. That ability that made him what he was is tremendous, Skip. Mm-hmm. But nobody was spying him. They didn't leave Never. Greenlaw in the middle no. or Derek Brooks in the middle saying. <laughs> Run. No, they didn't. No, that's not what they did. They dropped everybody for him. And it's not a bad thing. And I understand it makes it seem as though we're putting Tom Brady in the category with the kickers and the punters. We're not. (laughs) We're not. And by the way, he did still get hit in his last That's two or three years. He, he, there, were, there was a game in Chicago where Khalil Mack just knocked. The, remember when he was doing the full, what? He, he got concussed is yeah. what happened because he took some shots. Five downs. Yeah, <laughs> five downs. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday night in Chicago. Go ahead. It, 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 I, I'm with you. I, I agree with what they're saying because it's changing now. Dak Prescott was 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 the bit of the change. Cam Newton was a bit of the change. Like there were guys that started this change and started this transition to show, hey, 
you can go to Super Bowls, Russell Wilson. You can go to Super Bowls with these kind of quarterbacks, Ka Colin Kaepernick. It was a, it, it, those guys changed the way. And, and, and I don't want to take away from the older guys because there's historic black quarterbacks that have done it at a really high level. Yeah. But it, in this day of age where they changed what the Ra Randall Cunningham can Randall, move around. No question. Doug but, Williams couldn't move around. No, he could but not. But what they want the prototypical quarterback to look like has changed in the last decade because of these guys taking their well, teams to Super Bowls and showing you can win it this way as well. Well, it's, it's changed because the legs. Right. When you look at Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert can run around when he needs to. He can get out of harm's way in a heartbeat, even though he's 6'6", or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Different than Flacco, right? Right. Deshaun Watson, different than some of the other guys that could still move around. Back in the day, guys just, they were just pocket passes. That was just the systems that they ran. Yeah. Even Aaron Rodgers, to a degree, could, could move around. I mean, four or five and, and could get, get up out of there when he needed to. He I could. think there's very few. I mean, Burrow, I think right now, is one of the only elite guys that is probably not really moving around like Although, that at all. He, he can no, still he can still, a little bit. Yeah, he, yeah. Can, he can give you a little yeah. fake slide. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he can give you one of them little fake slides and make you think he's sliding and then take off. So, look, is Brady unathletic? I would think Brady would tell you he's probably unathletic at the quarterback he, position. He used to make fun right. of Yes, himself. can he play yeah. golf? Can he bowl? Can he swim? Can he do athletic things? I'm sure he can play basketball. Hand-eye yes. coordination. Things. Yeah, he can do all I of those sort of things. he got drafted to play baseball, and it was the Montreal Expos at this point, and they liked him a lot. He's yeah. a left-handed hitting catcher who could hit for power, and I've seen him hit in, like, home run derbies. He's got a sweet left-handed yeah, stroke. Yeah, he's, he's a really okay. good athlete, yeah, that, that but just not an athletic quarterback, yeah. that's all. Right. Okay, so is it fair to say it's almost like, I, as I just read, he, he, it's like he invented kind of his own game within your game where he's playing it on a different level of, I'm going to get rid of the ball fast. I remember Joey Bosa in that one playoff game just kept saying, why did you get rid of the ball? Give me, give me a half second more, and I'll get you. Right. Oh, I just it's what he did, and he's got little receivers running little option routes, and and then he went to Tampa and kept doing the same thing. Where right. you're getting rid of the ball, you're playing a game that that's your game that you can, you, you, you know, I I can sort of master this game within right. your game where you can't get to me, and the rules are going to protect me, so I'm not going to take that much abuse, and I'm just going to pick you to pieces. Right. I, I'm going to hit you where you aren't. Because I'll speed read you, and I'll find the most open well, it's really, guy. It's really all about it's really all about pre-snap reading and understanding. Yes, like I said about Brock Purdy, next year some of the things that Brock Purdy had seen in the Super Bowl it won't affect him next year. Like McDuffie right. and like McDuffie, it yeah. won't. And that's the same thing with Tom Brady. He's been yeah. doing the damn thing for twenty some years. And, and, and I'll say this. I'll say this. Of the pocket passers, he's the greatest of all time. Of yeah. guys that played it the way he, because because Drew Brees was very similar to that. Peyton was very similar to yeah. that. Like, they're they not moving. Peyton, no. Peyton definitely not moving. See, John even... Elway can move. Yeah, John can move. Especially early. He can, he can move. Really move. And he was a big dude, too. He wasn't yeah. small. No. But he was very athletic, though, because he could play baseball he, as well. He, at the and highest level. At the level. highest level, yes. and he was athletic. Right. With a, a, He could talk about an arm. <laughs> My finger's still hurting. <laughs> really? From Pro Bowl or what? Pro yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Huh. It just... I can't imagine what conversation you had with him after he hurt your finger. Nothing. You nothing. nothing. Mm. No. Those, just, you know, playing catch. Those Denver receivers, he used to split the webbing yeah. between their fingers. You know, yeah. they'd bleed. Yeah. yeah. Well. 
All right, enough of that. We got to get to the NBA because Wimby's big night last night. But why aren't the Spurs better than their record? I don't understand. We'll talk about it next. That's when the that's when the Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Eric Jamel. Keyshawn is going to learn. Don't provoke the Bay Hive and definitely don't provoke the Swifties. What am I provoking? I just don't know anything about her. I, I'm I'm, why am I wrong for not paying attention to her wrong. music or something? I don't. You're not wrong for not paying attention. Just, you know, they're very dangerous group. They're very dynamic. Oh, God. Ain't nobody worried about that. What are they going to do? Uh, mess with my social media or 100%. something? 100%. Okay, and. Good luck. <laughs> Your daughter okay. might be the, the, the queen of it, too. She'll be yeah, on there with a fake profile. Nah, my kids are <laughs> like that. All right. Let them pick it in water. Rio Suave. Skip, don't belittle the greatness while it's in front of you. No one is on 15's level. My new name for him is Goat Elect because it is only a matter of time. Yeah, maybe if he plays for 20 more years, he might have a shot at Brady. And finally, from Matt Gillespie. Kyle Shanahan is a good coach who will never win a Super Bowl as he morphs into what we discussed earlier, Marv Levy of the Buffalo Bills. He'll Ooh. get one. You think he will? He'll get one. I mean, he might, he might, he might get one. It's hard, but tough. he might get one. It's definitely tough. You could have had three. All right. You got one. I got one. You know how hard that was? Look. Very hard. But you get, but you get, but you get, but you get one. That's what I said. He can wind up being Shula. Right. Remember, Shula lost his first two and didn't want yeah. to. Richard, you lost on the last play of the game, and you had a 10-point lead with seven minutes All right. to go. Right, we could have had three, Skip. That's your fault, though, on the one at the last play of the game. I should have went over there and just... <laughs> went Keyshawn on him. Went, went timeout, timeout, Joe. I saw what he called. As soon as you saw the empty backfield or whatever... You should have just ran down there. Time out. Yeah. It wasn't empty back. Was it one back? It was one back. I thought it was going to be zone read for the win. <laughs> it would have made sense. I still, I'm sorry. I know, Skip, we got to move on. But to this day, for the life of me, I just don't understand why they would do that. He just got you to the one-yard line. Four yards to the one. Why would you do it? There's only one stat that I can throw back at you. Five times from the one during the regular season, he had, uh, I'm sorry, he had five carries and failed four times to get the yard. Okay, that's but, okay. But, but with the momentum of the moment. Right. You got to try yeah, it once. Yeah. And, and on top of that, this yeah. wasn't the regular season, no, though, Skip. No. You don't think he would have, Beast Mode would have figured out how to get to that goal line? Well, whatever. I'm sorry. I derailed the whole thing. Did Pete want Russ to be the MVP? Well, some people that work with us seem to think that, but I ain't going to say no names. No names. Okay, no names. Speaking of names, Wimby, as in Victor Wimbanyama, had a monster game last night at Toronto. 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 big blocks. Keyshawn, what was your biggest takeaway from his performance? It's really the 10 blocks, though. We hadn't seen that since Clint. 
Clint Capella back yeah. in, what, 2021? Mm -hmm. But to be able to have, when we talk a triple-double, right, we usually go rebounds, assists, and points. Yeah. Not blocks. Right. No. It's rare. And, and most of the guys that's obviously going to get this is bigs. Yeah. We start thinking about Kareem's and Elijah Wines and David Robinson's. Those are the ones that's usually going to get it. It's just, I, he's good, man. He's still got, you know, earlier in the year, he, People was complaining they didn't see it, they didn't see it. I kept saying, man, just wait. Right. The guy has to learn the NBA game. And you, Skip, was, oh, he's a professional. He played overseas. Different. Right. He's learning the NBA game. Now, it's doing, it does this. Yeah. Because tonight or tomorrow or the next day, we probably can't find him. Right. But when he puts it all together, he's going to be something to be reckoned with. And gains a little more weight, something to reckon with. Right. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, he was an efficient. He was efficient in the game. It was ten of fourteen from the field. He, I mean, to have ten blocks is incredible. I think he's leading the league in blocks. He is. But I just can't understand. Usually, when you have a dominant guy, you know, a guy that's just a difference maker, especially in the NBA, even if you only got one guy. Agreed. You 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 you're you hover around five hundred or right do. under. You, you you're not. Yeah. 11 wins out of 54. Yeah. And I, that's the part I don't really get is, is why this, this San Antonio Spurs team, because even if you don't have superstars around, you got NBA guys. You got mm -hmm. guys that can make shots, play oh. defense. Like, they, they made us in the NBA, yeah. so they're oh. pretty good players. And I, that's the part that I'm having a hard time is, is it, it, it can't just be him not doing enough. I, I just don't understand that. That's the part that's not adding up. Likewise, and yet you and I went back and forth early on. He would go station himself out at the three-point line. I'm saying you, you're seven, whatever you are, four. But Pop and was letting him get used to the game. I guess so. But why? What, what are you doing out there? And he was shooting too many threes because he was dead last in three-point shooting for about two-thirds of the year that we played so far. Lately, he started to hit a few. He's starting to decrease his attempts. So now he's up to 32% from three which ranks 158th out of 165 qualified three-point shooters, which still isn't great. But obviously, if you Ooh. can spread the floor that way, it's pretty impressive because he's got a sweet motion. It's, it's as pure a stroke as you'll see a big guy's ever had. Right. And yet he's averaging, to Richard's point, 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, and three blocks a game. That should be enough to make you a 500 basketball team because – it's so dominating that just him alone on the floor, if you play him 30 minutes a night, it's enough to win some home games. They won this game by whole year because usually they get wiped out on the road and often they get wiped out at home. Right. What is his wingspan? Jeez. Nine <laughs> feet tall. It's a lot. It's ridiculous. <laughs> He's blocking shots without even trying. He just ducked on yeah. a dude from the free throw line. <laughs> Well, it's just easy. Stretch Armstrong. But, yeah, but, yeah, but you got to play both ends of the floor. Okay. Even though you got NBA players, look at Detroit. Right. I mean, it's just. Okay, but San Antonio has 11 total wins, and Detroit has eight, and Washington has nine. So San Antonio's barely head above water of the two worst teams in the West, and San Antonio by five games is the worst in the West, okay, in the, in the East. Or I mean, it's not like they got a whole lot yeah. of play, good yeah. players, though, man. Yeah. Right, but, but, but usually, like, if you have a, a, a generational guy, and, and that's what he's going to be pegged to be, you're going to have him, like when, when, when Memphis was without Ja, it was like, dang, they, they barely, they can't win games. And then Ja comes back, and all of a sudden, 
They're yeah. a really good team. That, that is it, fact. But they, but they also teams. had good players on their right, team. But though. the good players didn't play well when Ja yeah. wasn't playing. I understand. But then when Ja plays, all of a sudden everybody's mm-hmm. elevated. The only thing I'm asking is why isn't everybody elevating with this? Yeah. Like him having a game like this, not, not he happening. Just consistently elevate. Sure one one, one is a guard. Yeah. One is a big. Right. So bigs typically don't elevate but I can players. Say, I can say Joel and B, Jokic, like uh, guys like that, elevate their team. But if you but, take but, those guys off their teams. They're no, not. but Murray and Murray and, and them dudes up in Denver, good. I'm man. not saying they're bad guys. I'm saying without Jokic, they're not just contending for NBA championships. They probably aren't going to contend, but they're going to contend for a playoff spot. Mm. Yeah, without Jokic. But that, that's fair. Those, those guys are good players. I'm not saying San Antonio has the, that level of player. I'm saying they have NBA players. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying they have all-star guys or, or all NBA guys, but I'm just trying to figure out why, like, what's holding them back? 11 Thank wins is, 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 yeah. is putrid. Keyshawn, if it were any coach but Greg Popovich, that coach would already be on a hot seat right now. For some young coach, people would be saying, he just doesn't know but how you, to do but this. You, but that argument can be made for Pop in a lot of different ways, though, too. Because if you think about it, Pop wasn't Pop until you got David Robinson and, and Tim Duncan. And Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it was Tim Duncan, Ginobili, yeah. and Parker with Kawhi. with Kawhi. And then once all those dudes was gone, Pop was looked, like a, he looked like a normal coach. He, he was just another coach. Agreed. So, and, so you know, you got to have players. Yeah. So far, he's just another coach. And they have some, Soan's pretty good and Vassell's pretty good. They, they've got some talent on this team that is not manifesting in the one loss column because they get blown out most nights. Right, right. And you, yeah. got, a, you got a big in the middle that, that's leading the league in blocks. Usually you're like, okay, at least they're yeah. good here. At least I didn't they realize they're he had 150 them. blocks already. Yeah, right. yeah. He's, he's doing a great job and, there. And but he, he has the same number of assists, so he can distribute the basketball also. So. He, he, he should make everybody a little to a lot better. Right. I just don't understand why it's not manifesting. Okay. We'll stay in the NBA next because we asked the question, will LeBron leave the Lakers to play with Bronny? A report says several teams are interested in just that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. LeBron James has a $51.4 million player option for the 24-25 season, and at least a few NBA teams believe he'll have a very good reason for declining that. NBA reporter Mark Stein wrote on Monday, I know of at least two teams on the NBA map that believe LeBron James would consider signing with them at far less than $51.4 million if Bronny James is on that roster. There might be more teams. James has made it clear, of course, LeBron has, that he wants to play in the NBA at the same time as his son. So, Keyshawn, do you believe LeBron will leave the Lakers to sign with the team that drafts Bronny? To sign with the team... That has drafted Bronny. Because the draft is before free agency, right? 
It'll no, be, he would have to decline he first. He would have to decline first. He would have to decline. He would have to have an idea I'm of just trying to happening. put it together. Okay. Yeah. The answer to that is yes. Yeah. It's already a done deal. Mm. If the Lakers don't draft Bronny, LeBron is deucing. I can guarantee you that, and you can have my right arm, and I'll bring a chainsaw in for you and somebody else to gore it off. Graphic. Yes, I will. It's already done. You right now. Let me ask you a question, Richard. Chainsaw. Yeah, chainsaw. Let me ask you a question. Do you like Zach Levine as a player? Yes. Do you like Darius Garland as a player? I do. Do you like the DeJounte Murray as a player? I do. Cam Reddish? Uh-huh. Trey Young? Yeah. De'Aaron Fox? Sure. Okay. All Tyrese Maxey? Yep, he's having an all-star year. Okay, you like all those guys? I can play. Okay. And the reason I say it's a done deal, and you know this, Skip, it's a clutch deal, baby, all day long. Mm. And if you want to have an opportunity to sign one of these guys <laughs> in free agency or acquire them via trade, unlike the NFL, they do deals in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And if you want to not only get mm-hmm. one of these guys at yep. some point in time, we need you to make sure that little Bronny is taken care of. I, I hear you. I'm not saying you got to take him with the top pick in the draft. And I ain't saying you got to take him with the last pick in the draft. But my right arm will be gone if he is not drafted by one of these NBA teams and his father is not on there with him. It's, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I hate to be the one to take his right arm. I know. But I, I, I look, I you just... Make it your left arm. Make it your left right arm. I need you to be able to right. write and, and take yeah. care of yourself. Because yeah. if he declares for the draft this year... That's, He's getting drafted. I, 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 would, I would think that's a mistake and because he shouldn't be drafted. Whether or not you think it's a mistake... No, no, no. no. He's going uh, to get drafted. Let me, let me, let me explain. Because how many, let's go to this, how many players on a team under 500, six games under 500, that aren't even starters on that team have been drafted in the last 100 years? You're not dealing dealing with that, though, I I understand what you're saying, but let me finish. It's zero. It's zero, Skip. There's been a backup player drafted in the first round. I think it was, was it Booker? Was it Booker he, because he, he was start? It was, but it was it's Kentucky. Kentucky I know, with loaded. five lottery yes, picks. That is correct. That's starting not there, matter. One second. There are no lottery picks that I know of on this USC team that I that I can see. I from my, from I, whether, like I said, whether he's drafted in the first round at the I, number one pick I, or the last pick. First off, second he's off, he's gonna get drafted. Le, LeBron and I want him to get drafted. But what I'm saying is. His best decision would be to stay at USC. Hey, I'm going to improve. I'm going to play on a well, better maybe, team. We're going to have a better yeah, decision. His dad's clock it, is but ticking. That, but, but that may be a decision. But it, it would make more sense because then I don't have to decline $51 million. I play on a $51 okay. million dollar deal. He don't need then, the 51. You, he don't need nothing. But I'm saying, why would I decline an option when I wouldn't even get to play with my son? Because if you get drafted in the second round, and no, no, not, you're not, you're, first, I don't think you're listening to I'm, I'm, I'm not listening to you because what you're saying doesn't make sense. These are NBA teams. Oh these, these are NBA teams. And NBA teams aren't just playing anybody. They're playing to win. So they're, Unless you just want a sideshow. Did you, show. Not, uh, unless did you, want you side, not hear what I said? I hear what you're saying, but what I'm saying is I'm, I'm, I'm combating what you're saying with reality. The reality of it is, is Rich Paul... In clutch, I don't run the damn NBA. I, I hear what you're saying, and, and and you will for the first time see them 
have to deal with something unprecedented. And I don't think Bronny's going to come out because of the circumstances that he's under. It would, would Well, if he, that's a different situation, though. I, I, We're assuming he's coming out. And, and I'm saying if he comes out, he would likely, if anything, a second-round pick. And second-round picks don't necessarily get meaningful play time in the NBA. They usually go to the G You're not league. listening. They, they, they play. Yeah. And then... So he's not listening to me. Okay, Keyshawn, does Bronny right now look like an NBA player to you, an NBA starter to you? Even a backup. Does he look like an NBA starter? I don't know. I can't answer that. Then, then, then what do we think? You know why I can't answer it? Because it's college basketball. Yeah. It's college basketball. He's not starting full-time, and he's averaging six points, three it's rebounds. It's college and basketball. Assists. Okay. Whether he starts or not in the NBA. Yeah. I will give you my right arm. If he comes out, yeah. he's going to get drafted, and his dad will be on that team, I promise but, you. But, but even that wouldn't make sense because just because he's on the team doesn't mean he's going to play. And but, he, he wants to play with his son, not just be on a team and watch his son play in the G League. Yeah. I want no, to no, play not, with No, no, I'm not talking about G League. He, it, I'm talking about NBA on Thursday night, TNT, when we watch, his son will be there. That, I, I'm I, telling you. I, I hear you. But you know how you told me about the Swifties? Yeah. This is the clutchies. <laughs> right, I'm just telling you. The clutchies, the difference between uh, Swift is, is she, like, you're telling me a non-starter on a, a, a college team that isn't great. You're, you're, you're not listening. Okay. All right. He's not listening, Skip. Okay, point of order. Bronny in the McDonald's game was really good. Now, I yeah, know it's just not, one game showcase, he but, but he shot the three yeah, he shot with it conviction. Well. Yeah. And he plays Played defense. Good defense. Yeah. And, and he can flat out handle the yeah. ball. He doesn't pass it the way his dad does, but he's a little better shooter than his father has ever been. So I thought that night, that looks like a first-round pick. Maybe not a lottery pick, but, but you, somebody down the line might take him in the first round. They're going okay, to. Okay, and then he had a heart condition that he had to fight through before yeah. the season started, yeah. and, and he's just working his way back into shape probably, and he is not flourishing so far in college basketball. And okay, I think that's I think and, another and, year with a yeah. full season. That, that, if, the, if it's that, anybody that, with another last name. That or, may, you know, like, but look, okay. though, Richard, that may be true. But if he decides and his parents decide that he's going to forego and yeah. come out, yeah. he's going to be drafted in the NBA. Because them they, I'm I just, want you to lose your right arm. I'm just telling you, if he comes out, he's getting drafted. That's why Mark Stein, who I respect as a he's hell of an NBA very good. reporter, yeah. he's saying this because it's true. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Okay, up next... Lil Wayne has to be the halftime entertainment at next year's Super Bowl in his hometown in New Orleans. We're going to talk about it next. You would love to see my war cut off. I would not. I would not. Our man Lil Wayne has said to me that his dream come true would be playing Super Bowl halftime next year with the game being played, of course, in Wayne's hometown of New Orleans. Keyshawn, what are the odds this happens? Who's that guy standing there with the fuzzy hair? I don't on? know. I don't it, know who that is. The odds should be great, though, Skip. I well, mean, it sure, makes all it the sense. It should be. Make all the sense yeah. in the world. How could you not? Right. Even if he's not the headliner, he needs to be right in the mix. Why wouldn't you? I'm starting to get queasy about all this Taylor Swift talk. About Come on now. You, you, you go to New Orleans uh, and you don't go cash money, young money. Got to. Uh, with the got every to. money. Every money. All money. Yeah. Like, this is New Orleans' very own favorite okay. son. Like, yeah, you got you to be. Yeah, I think Jay-Z will make the smart move. Okay. So you would bet your left arm that Wayne would play halftime next year. 
I don't know if he'll be the frontline guy, yeah. but he's in the mix. Okay. Somewhere, I don't know he who's be. all part of it. He got to be the frontline guy. Maybe you call it young money and you you have Drake and him. And, and, yeah, and yeah Nigel, maybe and you do all that. Yeah. It's great, but I, he got to be in the mix. 100%. Right. You got can't you. have a Super Bowl without him in his own town. Right. Okay, so you know how to pull strings. Can you pull these strings and make this happen? You are connected. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Jay going to be listening to me. No. Well, I think in the end, Roger Goodell is going to have to be listening, right? No, Jay, 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 Jay makes the call, and then he passes it to them. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's the head of the entertainment committee. He's the head of the entertainment right. committee for the NFL. Well, trust me, as you know, this, this is everything to Wayne. He said, I'm going to do everything in my power to make this happen. Man, they better. Don't mess around. Ronnie James to the Lakers. Because we keep That's it for Undisputed. We're back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern, and I can't wait.